Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wasn't the song item such a blessing? How many were blessed by song? Amen. Absolutely. It was a blessing. Amen. Maybe compliment for the new season. 
I know that you were well welcome last week. There is just a, something that Brother Lucky should just bring on the screen. It's my prayer that Brother Brennan prayed at one uh, beginning of the year, which I believe that uh, let's just go through it together. Amen. I thought it should be there. I, well, they are looking for it. Brother Mtambira has got a, a request. The mother, his mother has been diagnosed with cervical cancer last year, and she is in a bad state. And he is looking for a job as well. Uh, Sister Ntabise Masango is not feeling well as well. How many believe that God is a healer? Amen. How many believe that he's a great physician? Amen. And his hand can reach them wherever they are? Amen. Amen. We'll pray together after this. Brother, paragraph 47, yes. This is, is it exactly what I'm looking for? The first, yes. But it go down. go up. Are we using the same thing here? Go up. Up again. Okay. Then he removed it. Amen. Uh, it says his brother Brenham that was in prayer uh, at the beginning of the year. How many believe that you started the year by prayer? And how many believe that God protected you until this far? He says, you just say it after me, our Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful today for you, who down here in this modern age, in the age of automobile, a plane, a plane, jet rockets, jet rockets and all kind of signs, kind of signs. Tele telephone, television, television and modern atomic weapons and, atomic weapons. and, so, forth. and so forth. You are still the supreme, still the supreme. Almighty, Almighty, omnipotent, omnipotent. omniscient, and God that created the heavens and the earth and spent out the sky. God, we can't explain it. We can't explain it. Neither can we explain why the sky doesn't have an end. How the world can revolve around. And so, perfect. and so perfect. Till 20 years before, they can tell when the eclipse of the sun is coming. Because your machinery works exact. We can't produce a piece of machinery to be that exact. Oh, but great Jehovah. 
who holds this earth here in space. It's perfect. And we love you. And all your doings are just and right. And we submit ourselves to thee this morning, beginning of this new year. And ask that you fill us all with the Holy Spirit. Lord, draw us closer to thee. May thy everlasting arms be around us. And hold us, Lord. For the days are shaking and dark. But the morning star is leading the way. We shall follow, Lord. Where he leads me, I will follow. Some through the waters. Some through the flood. Some through the deep trials. But all through the blood. Oh God, lead us by thy everlasting hand. Until the victory is finally won. And Jesus returns to the earth. Sin and sickness and sorrow will be ended. And we'll live in this glorious millennium with thee. We are longing for that great day. Lord, come, Lord Jesus, to thy way today. Get into the... Get in, Get into, circumcise the lips that speaks, and the hearts that hear, and may the city fall into the hearts where the Holy Spirit will sow it, and bring forth a hundredfold. We ask in Jesus' name. I don't know how many of you is your prayer this morning. Our sister Tabising has brought the prayer before the saints. Brother Mutambira, his dear mother, has got cervical cancer at an advanced stage. We sang a song, the great physician is here. Amen. I believe this army is the right army to approach the throne of grace and intercede for these people. Shall we all pray in our own way? Gracious Heavenly Father. This morning, as the bride of Jesus Christ, we approach your throne of mercy. We sang a song that thou art the great physician. Dear God, nothing is impossible with you. Things that are impossible with men are possible with God. And Heavenly Father, as the church of the living God this morning, we approach your throne of grace. We have requests that have been brought before the saints, the wife of Jesus Christ. My dear brother Tamira, his mother is not feeling well. He may be miles and miles away in Zimbabwe. And dear God, you're the God that can heal cancer. You gave a commission to the messenger of the hour that if you can become sincere and get the people to believe, Nothing shall stand before thee. 
not even cancer. And this morning, as the bride of Jesus Christ, we believe that no cancer will stand before us. We believe no sickness will stand before us. We believe no condition will stand before us. We come in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare healing upon the mother of our brother. May there be such a miraculous deliverance. May it be beyond human comprehension. May it be such a paradoxical experience that everyone would speak about it and we can testify that the saints got together and they prayed a prayer. They made a pronouncement over that situation. I say, devil, you are a liar. I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Give way so that our dear mother could be completely well. And he, my brother is looking for a job. Dear God, may you grant him the job that he's looking for. Dear God, you know that job is there. Link him up with that job, dear God. Dear God, you said everything is possible to them that believe. This morning we come by faith. This morning we come with audacity. This morning we come with courage. And we ask for a job for our dear brother. Dear God, you are Jehovah Jireh. You can provide, dear God, against odds, against logic, against statistics. You can grant us our heart's desire. And dear God, may you grant it to him, dear God. Sister Masango is not feeling well. We don't know what is the situation. I say you all devil, you are a liar. You cannot shake the testimony of our sister. I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. I cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no right to be in that body. Satan, you are a liar. You are a destroyer. You are a thief. But here we are, mandated by the scriptures, mandated by the message of the hour. We are bringing war into your place and we want to retrieve whatever you have stolen. If it is health, we retrieve it back. If it is joy, we retrieve it back. If it is a blessing, we retrieve it back. Whatever you have stolen, you need to give it back, Satan. You need to give it back. We are not asking for you. We are commanding you in the name of Jesus Christ. Not only for these people, dear God. I'm praying for this church. I'm praying for every brother. I'm praying for every sister. I'm praying for every family. Satan, you are a liar. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We set every man and every woman and every family free in the name of Jesus Christ. We're praying for our children. We're praying for our families. We're praying for our jobs. We're praying, dear God, for everything that we touch. May it be protected by the pillar of fire. This morning as we begin the new year, Satan, we are clearing the way. If there is any obstacles, we are declaring, dear God, that Satan give way. And even you, the principalities of darkness, give way to the church of the living God. There is nothing that can stop them. Because the scriptures say, even though the gates of hell may, may wrestle against it, but they will never prevail. Whatever we bind here shall be bound in heaven. And whatever we set here free shall be set free in heaven. And our pronouncements here shall be respected by heaven. And this morning, by grace, we are making pronouncements of blessing. 
We're making pronouncements of healing. We're making pronouncements of abundance. We're making pronouncements of the right state of mind. We're making pronouncements of the inner peace. Dear God, you're not a liar. You're not a failure. You have never been defeated even one time. We rise at the army of God, having requested dear God and knowing that you shall meet them. May the Holy Spirit move this morning. May everyone that needs their heart's desire, may they be granted this morning. You are not a statue, dear God. You are not a God that is stuck in history. You are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And this morning, dear God, as the army of God, we can call you on the scene to do the miraculous. May they be a shift, dear God, in the lives of your children. May they be a supernatural move that even people, when they observe them, they can testify there is still God in 2022. There is a God that makes miracles. There is a God that comes with deliverances, dear God. We pray for our marriages, dear God. Satan, stay far from our marriages. Satan, stay far from our children. Satan, stay far from us. We are putting a hedge around every believer, around every sister. In the name of Jesus Christ, we make those pronouncements and we know we shall overcome. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you, Richard. How many believe that Satan is a liar? Amen. How many are full of vavavum to take the battle to Satan? Amen. We appreciated the Lord. Now, I'm not going to ask you to sit down because we need to go to the weight. Sister... Brother Lawrence and Sister Angela are getting married on the 29th of January, 2022. Because of COVID regulations, there is a minimum number that they have, and they have extended invitations to those that they have extended invitations to. If you have not been included, don't hate them. It's just a numerical constraints because of COVID. If it was not the case of COVID regulations, it was going to say, come one, come all. Amen. But because of health protocols, they've got a number, so the family would dispatch, if they have not already done so, uh, invitations so that you go there and witness their ceremony. Will you be praying for them? Amen. Amen. Pray for them. We appreciate the Lord, Brother Philip Mafagaz. This motherfucker is a witness. Yeah. Uba Fagazala last week. I understand it was such a blessing. The move of God. How many believe God's move shall never be stopped? Just a round of applause for our dear brother. Amen. So the, it was such a blessing. I listened and I say, God was speaking. Amen. Let's just sing, only believe, only believe. Brother Borero will preach for us this morning. Only believe.
How many believe this morning? Saints, my greetings to every one of you, amen, this morning. Uh, I'm happy to be in church, amen. amen. I'm sure everyone is happy to be in the house of the Lord, amen. amen. Wonderful singing. There's times when we clap hands for the ministers, clap hands for God. Let's approach it different this morning. Let's clap hands for ourselves. Amen. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll be given time to sing and sing and praise the Lord, and no one will take notice of what is happening. Some people get healed when we sing. So we appreciate nothing. Sometimes when we are alone and we remember these songs and we start singing, Things change. Amen. So we, we should appreciate that. Amen. Amen. I thank the Lord so much for being a believer. Amen. Amen. It's the most important thing to uh, 
ever desire. Amen. Because it's given of God. Amen. You can't make yourself a believer. It comes from God. I appreciate the pastor as well. Amen. I think it's been over a year. And uh, I've preached to you. Amen. So I, I like it that way. I was almost almost on, on, on that note to say the pastor must leave it like that. Amen. Because I was enjoying myself. Amen. I was really enjoying myself. Having ministers preach to us, take the sermons, you apply them to every situation, daily situations in life, and it was going on like that, and some sermons push you to pray, so I was enjoying it. I almost wanted to call him to say, Pastor, I think it's been a year since I preached. Let it be like that. I'm, I'm enjoying. Amen. He often says it is good to have time when someone can preach to you. You also need to be perfected. Amen. So you also need to hear the word and believe. Amen. Uh, this morning, I, 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 I would want to thank the pastor for, for the opportunity that he has given me. He's the one who's the charge to say who's going to preach and for what reason. We as ministers, we don't know why, why sometimes you feel that you must preach. So we, we just oblige and Obey. Amen. We have in, in this totality of our senses that it's the leadership of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's not him. He's not, he's not going to a box and saying, I'm going to pick a name. Then he says, oh, it's Brother Borelo now. It's not as easy as that. Amen. 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 So I'm also uh, banking on God that leads and guides us. I don't normally ask for your amens, but they are very important if you can say amen when they need to say amen. You have heard me preach. I'm not, I'm not like Brother Jacinto who says, say, say amen somebody. I won't do that. I won't ask for your amen because it's, it's your amen. You must say amen when, when Brother Bram says amen means so be it. So I can't force you to say so be it when you don't want yeah, there's three kinds of believers. So I, I, I'm very much sure of that. Some people might be scratching their heads. What is he saying now? When is he going to start preaching now? Already somebody, before you start preaching, they already start complaining. So I leave your amen to yourself. You must, but I need that amen. You must support me. Amen. But I won't ask for it. Amen. God bless you. God richly bless you. Uh, I want brother, Mshavi, brother, not brother, Mshavi, brother, Mtao. If you know this song, you can sing it for me. Give me power, my Lord. Can we sing that one? Do you know it? Give me power, my Lord. Give me power, my Lord. Give me power every hour. Give me power, my power to save you. Give me power, my Lord. Give me power, my Lord. Give me power every hour. Give me power, my, give me power, give me power, my Lord. 
Give me power, give me power, my Lord. Oh, my Lord, give me power. Give me power every hour. Give me power, give me power. Power to save you. Power, my Lord, my Lord, give me power, give me power, my Lord, give me power every hour. Oh Lord, give me power, my, give me power, give me power, my Lord, give me power, give me power, my. Oh my Lord, give me power every hour. Give me power, my power to worship. Give me power, my Lord. Oh my Lord, give me power, my Lord. Oh Lord, give me power every hour. Give me power, give me power. Amen. I wanted to sing another song, if you know it. I don't sing it when there's people around, boys. I, I feel like I'm doing a discord, but I like that song. Uh, it says, uh, Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, don't deny me. You know it. If you don't know it, you won't sing it. Anybody that knows it, Let's not sing it. But I will sing it for you. Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, don't deny me. Surely there is a work that I can do. And even though it's humble, help my will to crumble. On a dusty trail, I'll save you, Lord. Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, don't deny me. Surely there is a work that I can do. And even though it's humble, Oh, Lord, don't deny me. On a dusty trail, I'll work for you. Amen. I would have wanted us to sing it together, but I don't want to take the preaching time. I hate these songs in my bubbling in my heart. Amen. If God can use me this morning, I'll be glad. Amen. There will be no reason for me to be standing before you. You are waiting for perfection the changing of your bodies, and I wouldn't want to waste your time standing here just because I want to be here. Amen. Uh, can we open our Bibles to the book of Numbers? Here in this book, we'll find that God was not happy. And the book of Numbers, I call it the book of memory myself. It's a 
the time when people murmured until God was not happy. We should admit that things were not right. They had a reason to murmur. They had something to murmur about. It was there. It was not something that was just being like a thought or they are assuming. It was there. But God didn't like the murmuring and was angry. But I want to show you uh, something that saves a man in such a time. Numbers chapter 14, verse 25. Uh, Let's start from 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and has followed me fully, him will I bring into the land wherewith where into he went, and his seed shall possess it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwelt in the valley. Tomorrow uh, dwelt, dwelt in the valley. Tomorrow turn you and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil generation? which murmur against me. I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me, say unto them, as truly as I live, says the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. You must take note that these people, when they started murmuring, they were not talking to God. They were talking to his servant. But God says, you murmured in my ears. Huh? He was not there. He was not in the picture. He was not a, one of the congregants. He, no, no one ever saw God in that uh, group of people, in that uh, congregation. But God says it was coming into my ears. But the very person that they were talking to was Moses. Amen. And you must remember when God gave a promise to redeem them, he said, I. He put a personal pronoun. He is going to do it personally. But he sent Moses. Amen. Uh, he says, uh, the memories have come into my ears, so uh, will I do it to you? Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from 20 years old upward, and upward, which have memory against me. Doubtless, even the youth were joining up in these memories. Doubtless, ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear, unto, uh, swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb, the son of Jephneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. The Bible says on verse 24, because they had another spirit. My, my question is, they had one minister, they had one God, one pillar of fire, one message, but only two had a different spirit. How did they manage to get a different spirit? They followed fully, wholly, the servant of God. But God says they followed me, but they were following the servant. Amen. That gave them a certain attribute that was not uh, uh, with the rest. They were a different uh, people. And God, because of that, now is putting a judgment that your carcasses are going to fall in the wilderness, except these two. Not because uh, they are good sing- song leaders or good singers in church. 
They had a different spirit. You must mark that one. Amen. Let's go to the book of Timothy, Second Timothy. I think my brother gave you first Timothy. It's Second Timothy. Let's go to Second Timothy. <clears throat> the rest of the scriptures we'll read when we uh, we, are, we 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 sit we sit down, and because I think I've got two more scriptures to read after this one, so I can't keep you. Standing, you've been standing all along, singing. Second Timothy, chapter two. Are we all there? Don't let the devil tell you you are there when you are not there. You are in Exodus, and he is telling you are in Second Timothy. He wants you to miss the whole service. Amen. Second Timothy, chapter two, verse nineteen. <clears throat> it says here. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth uh, them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The prophet says iniquity is doing the things that you ought not to do. With the knowledge that you must not do those things, you carry on and do them. Or not doing the things that you are supposed to do, knowing you are supposed to do them, and you don't do them. Like praying. Simple things like praying. You just decide today I'm going to sleep, I don't pray. It's an iniquity. Because you know you must pray. It's a must, you must pray. But you just decide to sleep. You have the knowledge. It's not like you are, it it, it has to happen sometimes. God expects you to pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. He expects you to do it. If you don't do it, it's iniquity. Amen. In case some of you didn't know, just hear the word iniquity, iniquity preachers use it and they don't explain to you. Not doing the things that you are supposed to do with the full knowledge that you must do them, it's iniquity. And doing the things that you know God forbids that I should not do these things and you carry on and do them, it's iniquity. With the full knowledge that this is sin, but you carry on and do it anyhow, it's iniquity. If anyone nameth the name of the Lord, the name of Christ, let him depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore page himself, but the truthful matter is God is the one who pages us from sin. But here the Bible says you page yourself. Because after the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed everyone, it still lies in your mandate to say, I'm not going to do this. You understand what I'm saying? Even if the blood of Jesus Christ is there, but you still find people commit sin. So it's in your mandate not to do the things that you ought not to do. That's why the Bible here is saying, you depart from iniquity and you purge yourself. There's a time when God pages you because you can't page yourself. You can't cleanse your sin. It needs his blood. Clean blood, not your, 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 your evil, your dirty blood. One that has been contaminated by the devil. If a man therefore page himself from these, 
Ye shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with, the, with them that call on the name on the Lord out of a pure heart. Amen. Let's read First uh, John chapter 2. Then you take your seats. First, the book of John, uh, First John is before the book of Revelations. First John chapter 2. Uh, you've got the book of First uh, John, Jude, and Revelations. So you, you must be somewhere close there. First John chapter 2, verse 25. I'm going to read from 25 to 28. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is not a lie, is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may, also, may have confidence not to be ashamed before him at his coming. We may take the comfort of our seats. As we continue to open our scriptures again, we take the book of First Peter. First Peter. Chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Uh, it says here, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should shew forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. The title of my message this morning is The Difference. The Difference. Uh, We want to talk about the difference. I want to preach another um, another message. I gave it an almost an opposite title to this. I, I said no difference. Brother Brenham was told when the brother said, "If you don't find that squirrel, that you said you shot one and it was the fourth one, but he had asked it for three. The brother said, "If you don't find that one, we won't believe this testimony." That is the time when the Holy Ghost was happy with Sister Haiti right in the kitchen when she said, "That is nothing but the truth." There was a brother who was saying, if the other one is not found, this whole testimony won't believe it. Until the prophet had to to speak again that spirit into existence and bring it to the brothers for the sake of that unbelieving brother. 
When the Holy Ghost came to the prophet, he said, whether it's there or it's not there, there's no difference. Whether you are sick or you are not sick, there's no difference. Because if you are sick, you can still ask God to heal you. So there's no difference. You're going to still stay healed. The problem is when you don't know the difference. So I want to talk about the difference. Because when there's a difference, there will be no difference. I'm making it difficult for you now. When you know the difference, there will be no difference. Whether the devil is there, when something has taken a hold of a man and it has given you to be a different man, you are now a peculiar person, a child of God, then there's no difference. But already something has ushered in some power, some energy to make a difference. Now you can face anything. So there's no difference whether the devil is there or is not there. It's not, there's nothing that can alarm me whether I'm sick or not sick. Paul said to die is gain and to live, I live for Christ. Because he had something that had the power to give him that testimony. That is the same thing that, it, uh, that God identified in Caleb and Joshua. So we want to talk about that difference. Amen. For some people think when they come to church and they greet the pastor and they've got two few friends here and there and they, if they are compromisers they also meet another compromise in the corner there. Then there are two of them compromisers in church. Then they think church is going on. And they think we are going to heaven. It's not like that. Some people come and they are justified. God has forgiven them. Their sins sanctified. Then they think it's over. I found a very good church. There's nice brothers. It's all good. All that is good. But that's not all of it. Because when you are sanctified, the devil will come to do an inspection. I once did adultery with this man. Is, it, is he really stopped? Is he really sanctified? He finds the house clean and garnished with no occupant. Nobody's staying inside. Remember, your body is a vessel, it's a temple. So when God has taken that vessel from the mud, from the mark, he's cleaned you from sin, you are clean. It doesn't end there. The difference is not yet set, but you are in motion. The prophet says you are in motion to become something. So the devil might even mistake you to be that old person that you used to be because the nature might not have changed. There's still some trends and traits of what you used to do. So he comes and inspects. Not in the Bible, I like, brother, because I like three trees. Eh? This morning, I think some of you are in one of those trees. If you are anxious and you want to see God and you are too expectant, like Zacchaeus, you give a eh? the sycamore tree. Yeah. I want God to bring you down from the sycamore tree, meet with you in this service. There is another tree, the juniper tree. I've been under one. I'm from one. I've been under a juniper tree several times. But I like the juniper tree because it leads you to an oak tree. 
where the prophet says, under the oak tree, he even likens Brother Bosworth as an oak tree. When you sit under that man, you hear a lot of the word, experience of the word. How can I maneuver? How can I play around this game? If you are under an oak tree and you are like Abraham, God visits you there. He tells you the secrets of what is really happening. So don't just stay in a sycamore tree. Put leaves around yourself. When Jesus is calling you down, you say, no, I'm comfortable here in this tree. I'm already dead. I can't come down. With your dead, come down. He's going to sup with you in your house. You must enjoy coming down the sycamore tree. You must come out from under the shade of a juniper tree. You hear that still small voice calling you. Say, Lord, here I am. He says, come, there's another tree I want to show you. Let's go sit under the oak tree. You know how Brother Mnam describes the oak tree? He says he's got broader branches. They are broader than the, oak tree, the, 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 the juniper tree. They are broader than the sycamore tree. There you can sit and get relaxed, brother. Brother, you can put your hands at the back so and say, oh, it's wonderful here. It's cool. Scriptures. Mysteries. God starts expounding to you. Why were you going through all this? Just like what he did to Job. From his juniper tree straight into that oak tree. So I'm, 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 I'm inviting you to, 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 to go with me in this journey. Amen. Don't remain in a sycamore tree. Don't enjoy the juniper tree until you say, this is my problem. It's been like this for five years. Huh? I, I, I'm, I'm used to it. Don't get used to anything. It's better you get used to yourself. Yeah, if the worst gets worse, get used to yourself. Amen. If you know you're a believer, get used to what makes you a believer. Yes, come back to yourself. Amen. Don't get used to your problem. Ah, no, brother, this, ah, see, Joel, and the devil likes that. He likes that. Every time he takes God's children, he puts them in that corner where they have to get used. You know, I want to preach this message, but even until when I came to the pulpit, I, was, I had two messages fighting each other, so I left it like that. When I had the fellowship with the pastor, I, I, I even liked the way he did it. Because I, I had already surrendered. I said, I'm not going to look at these notes. The one that I carry, I, I'm going to carry to the pulpit is the one I will preach. It's almost the same thing I wanted to talk about. But if you can remember, when, when God made Adam, he made him in his likeness. But when, he made, uh, when, when Adam had his son, it was the other one that had the likeness of God and the likeness of Adam in him was, was slain. The devil saw that, hey, if this one continues. Brother Abraham says, Abel had the revelation of the blood. He, he just suspected there's something about the blood. And he slew a lamp from hearing the word, from hearing his father narrate what happened for them to be in that state. He connected it with a lamp. When the father said, God slew a lamp, then the blood was, he said, blood was going down our legs and he clothed us with, with the, with the sheepskins. That whole story led Abel to think that I must get a lamp. And Cain said, I must bring my pumpkins and my patanas, flowers, to be a beautiful altar. And all the food will be there. The people who eat, God must enjoy it. 
But Abel said, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm connected with this message that my father preached last night about the lamp. I must just get a lamp. Why didn't he get a calf? He got a lamp. That's right. So the devil saw this problem here. This guy, if we leave him, he's going to quickly connect back to God. So he slew him. Then Brother Blenheim says, the devil, when he came to Jesus, he said, oh, you are finally here. I thought I finished with you when I killed Abel. You see what the devil was doing? He knew what he was doing. I thought I had you when I killed Moses. I thought I had you when I had John the Baptist. I beheaded him. I thought everything is over now. No one is talking like Christ. No one is talking like a son of God here. That's why they, they, they came. He sent the, the rabbi say, who are you? Brother, no man can ask a prophet, who are you? I thought I had you when I killed Jeremiah. When I killed Isaiah, I thought I had you. He's talking to the Messiah. Oh, you are finally here. You think I'm, I'm going to leave you to do what you want to do? Save these people? They are doomed. They are gone. They are mine. The whole world is mine. The prophet says he didn't know that he had come to take that thing out of death. That's right. So when they wanted him to be free, he kept quiet. Yeah? When Jesus was asked, who are you? He kept quiet. When he was supposed to speak, they could have said, ah, but this man is good, no fault, let him go. Then he kept quiet because he said, for this cause and for this reason came I into this world. Right. He knew who he was. Right. Something came down that made a difference. Right. Jesus was just Jesus when he was growing. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. But there's a time when the mother said, listen to him, whatever he says, do it. He's not ordinary, this guy. Exactly. He's not ordinary. Yes. There has to be something that you have. So when, the, when, when God created man, he gave him power. He gave him dominion. He gave him his word. The message that we have, Brother Abraham says, he gave him the word to be fortified with. You can go to a dictionary and find the meaning of the word fortification. What does it mean to be fortified? Well protected. Atmos protection. You are protected until there's not even room to enter in unless the gates are open. And when the gates are open, there's too much of inquiry to find out who are you, what are you coming for, who do you want inside there. And some of you, when you are sick, you think the devil just crept in and away without knowing. He's the, he's the door to the sheepfold. Hallelujah. The God whom we save is the one that stands on the door. If something happens behind him, he has already allowed it. And he's got a name on it. You are sick this morning. I'm telling you, there's something that makes a difference. If God could see Joshua and Caleb and put them aside, to say, I'm going to destroy the rest, keep these ones aside. Huh? If I would tell you the secret why he kept them aside, one, they had a different spirit. Two, people after they possessed the land of Canaan, they kept on coming to Joshua for victory. They were sucking from the virtue that Joshua and Caleb had. That's right. Those two were the ones that helped all the other nations, all the other tribes to acquire their land. Until they could not even drive the Canaanites when he said, ah, brothers, we can't keep on coming and helping you. Fight for yourselves and possess. Amen. Brother, if you are sick, there's a time when you must fast and pray for yourself. Amen. 
Tell the devil today I'm not going to sleep. Come tomorrow morning, I must not be having this sickness with me. I'm not going to sleep. If it continues, I'm going to repeat the same process until I don't see this thing. Some of us, we are just sympathizers. We sympathize with ourselves. We sympathize with our situations. Children are going on a rampage. They do things that you don't want them to do. You watch them and you sympathize. It's not time to sympathize. The devil can come and grab your children and go with them and put them anywhere. Then you start laughing and maybe just, what can I do? Maybe they will come back. Maybe. Don't say maybe. If you've got the power to make a difference, God gives that power. And when you follow the protocols of that power, things happen. Sometimes we preach from experience. We say what we do and we do what we say. Doesn't help to just tell you to go and do one, two, three things and I know they don't work. Brother, there is times when you must say enough is enough. But for you to be able to do that, there must be some power inside of your heart. There must be some extra voice that speaks on your behalf. That even when you say enough is enough, the devil will say, this man is not alone now. It's not him speaking, boss, I know him. It's been five years I've been, he's been under my shoes, but the way he's talking now, I must better be careful now. Yeah. And you repeat it again, you say, tomorrow, you are adding, you are putting time frame now. Tomorrow. Yeah. Before sunset, this thing will vanish. I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah. He will go back to hell and say, you know what, that man is coming to himself now. He's no, no, no longer liking that big pain now. And today he didn't even eat the crumbs. Huh? He did not eat, he said, I'm not touching this food. It's not, I'm not worthy to eat this. Yeah, I can't eat this. I can't eat this. This is pig meat, pig food. I want meat that is meat for me. Then they say, what are you saying? Are you, are you trying to reject your job now? Because They say, no, 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 no. I'll be working here in this pig and feeding these pigs, but from today, I'm not going to eat this kind of food. That's, right. That's my first step. And when I'm hungry, I'm going to find my way out of here to get food. Then when he went out, he said, um, I'll come back uh, around two, if, if maybe I make it in time. But he was thinking of going back home. It was when he came to himself. He's looking around. There are no brothers. He's looking around. There are no sisters. He's looking around. Hallelujah. They are drinking and boozing. He's looking around, brother. Yeah. These people are not like me. These are pigs, man. How long have I been here? Hallelujah. And how long should I have this situation remain like this? Hallelujah. There must be a difference, man. That's right. I'm different to these pigs, man. Yes. He's looking around, he's looking around. Then the owner said, what are you doing? He said, I know I'm counting the pigs. Yeah. I'm counting the pigs. Hallelujah. He went and told his wife, that man is coming clever now. Yeah. Then he said, no, let's, let's, let's raise his salary. They brought, brought the salary and said, no, I don't want salary. Now no, it's enough. What you have given me is enough. Yeah. No, but we have been giving you little. Now today we double this one. No, he said, no, no, no. Yeah. No. Brother, there's a time when the company told me that they are going to give me a certain salary. Yeah. Then when I got home, but I said, but they are, they are robbing me. I'm looking at the hours. I'm looking at the overtime. They are requesting. What? I'm reading that contract now. I said, no, 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 this is unfair. But I've already put my signature, but anyway, I will use my signature on that paper to change everything in that paper. Okay. Change it. 
You know what I did? My first salary, I paid the tithe of my, my salary that I wanted. Yeah. Next month, it changed. Amen. Yes, you must have the principles of doing the things, the right things the right way. I can't bother my manager because he gave me a contract and willingly so because I'm happy, I'm phoning everyone everywhere, I've, I've got a job now, I'm employed, hey, things are fine here, hey, this company is a very good company, hey, the plant is big, what, 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 you're writing everyone messages, what, 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 even the Magogos at home, they are happy, ah, he's got a job now, ah, things are going to be fine, now you are not happy with the salary at the, at the end of it all. There's joy everywhere and you are not happy with the money. It was only two days working. Then they say, uh, uh, Mr. Borewe, you are the one who's going to remain. Uh, sorry, man, as we, as we requested you even in your contract that if one of our colleagues is sick or uh, anything, uh, unfortunately, we are sorry to, in, to inform you late. They do it deliberately. They want to test you. Maybe uh, you can uh, take the whole night for Ubaba Soso is not there. We are sorry to inform you late, but can you help us? They want to see if you can abide with your contract. Eh? Yeah. Eh? Then you pull one night to say, ah. You still have the energy. Eh? It's two days at work. Eh? <laughs> ah, I'm here. Ah, I'll show them. Amen. The second day, they do the same thing. You say, ah, the hours. They give you that overtime. You calculate it. You say, mm-hmm. Two, three, five days. I'm working overtime. And this is what I get. Because what happens, brother, when the tax bracket puts you where you belong with that money that they are giving you, <laughs> it slashes half of that salary, it goes back to, so you worked for Mahala. Yeah. So I realized, I said, no, 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 there's something not right here. <laughs> there is a voice that speaks from within. That's right. When you are justified and you are sanctified, don't end there. Take another step further. Amen. Have the Holy Ghost in you. Amen. And if you don't have, don't cheat us because you can't cheat your way to heaven. That's right. Don't cheat the pastor and try to please him and tell him you've got the Holy Ghost. By their fruits, we shall know them. Right. We'll just observe how you do things. We'll just observe how you treat the brothers here. You tell us you've got the Holy Ghost, but... There's stories here about you from other brothers whom you expect to be with in heaven. Brother Mabel, issues eh? that I can't even visit you at your house. I can't even have tea with you because I've got issues. If I see your car coming this way, I drive mine this way. Not even when I'm in a car. We can't even meet. You are driving this opposite side. Um, we are opposite, brother. But I say, oh, there goes brother. <laughs> because some of you are busy defrauding one another. You borrow this brother five rand. You borrow this brother ten rand. You borrow this brother hundred rand. You borrow this brother twenty rand. In the meantime, these brothers are understanding you. The brothers got a situation. In. Each one of them, them brothers have got a different situation. You tell them a different. My, my child is sick. Sorry, my brother, my wife is not feeling well. They have different stories that they have to... If they share, they say, this man is crooking us. I want transport to go to work, brother. I want this. The Bible said, defraud not one another. 
So when you come here with issues, we know you are not done yet. Even if you ask how many have got the Holy Ghost and you don't raise your hand for the pastor to pray for you, he is mandated to pray for you to get that Holy Ghost. That's his duty. Brother Pnam says, you ministers come and help me. Let's pray for these people to receive the Holy Ghost. That's why we are preaching this word. We are not preaching for fantas. We are not preaching just that we can, we can be entertaining. This is not entertainment. We are preaching eternal life. This is the gift that he has given us, even eternal life. You not make it eternal. You cannot be an eternal creature when you don't have something eternal in you. There has to be some mechanism that connects you to the eternal life of God. And that is what we are preaching, and that is the reason why we preach. Now if you sit here and you wait until the rapture takes off, you will be surprised when you remain. You will come on Sunday one time, want to attend a service, you will be late that day. You think, ah, maybe I'm late, maybe they say the church is over. You take t- the time is 10 o'clock. Yo. Say, but the brothers should be here, all of them. There's no one. Amen. You will meet some like of your nature. <laughs> yeah, some of you, like nature, like, like brother, like brother. You will meet at the gate and say, ah, let's wait for them. Hey, these people, they love to be late, man. <laughs> you pack your BM outside there and you think, ah, you're going to make it. At least last week I was not here. But I think maybe, I think there's been some change maybe. Uh, maybe they, because we were building, maybe they decided to hire a wall somewhere. Let's inquire. You will find no one to inquire from. Your phone, brother Chetty, his phone is on voicemail. The battery is dead long time. Where he was staying, the phone is still there on the table. It's gone. Because we are, we are prone to complacence. And we are getting used to the things that we are not supposed to get used to. There must be a difference. Let's read, if I'm, 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 I'm correctly right. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3. We'll pick a few examples and I'll show you what I'm talking about. You can't just be a nominal Christian and think that you're going to make it. The, the denominational people, they are better than that. Chapter 3. Verse 16, Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. <clears throat> then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, that's fellowship. And the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was uh, written before him for them that feared the Lord, and the, that thought upon his name, Caleb and Joshua. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. That's why he put them aside, he said, except these ones. In that day that I make up my jewels, and I will uh, spare them. Did Joshua and Caleb get a sparing? Were they spared? God said, accept these ones. They know what to watch for. They know what to do. They, their conduct is what I like. They have got brotherhood. When they get into the land of Canaan, I'm, I'm foreseeing before they get there, they will help their brothers to occupy that land and fulfill the promise. If, if ever there's anything that I can pray for a brother, it's not that you get money. We'll pray for those things. But if you tell me you don't have the Holy Ghost, if it takes to stay in a room and in a closet and I don't come out, I will pray until I feel that I've done my part for my brother. Because you must, it's a must that you get that Holy Spirit. And when you get the Holy Spirit, brother, it's not the end. Now I'm surprising you now. I see your faces are growing long. When you get the Holy Ghost, that's not the end of the story. It's the beginning of it. 
You say, oh, but brother, I'm, I'm five years in the message. That has nothing to do with it. No, no brother, I'm, I'm, I've been preaching 30 years. Away with your 30 years. There's other that, that preach for more than 30 years, 40 now, 40 something years now. The book of Ezekiel said, if a man starts right and he, he ends wrong, God is not going to count everything that he did. He's going to look at what he has already done now. Because the end of a man matters than the beginning. So don't tell us about your 30 years. If you have 30 years of doing the wrong thing, should we count the 30 years? Because we don't know about your experience in the 30 years. So we cannot bang on your 30 years. But rather, treat every day like you are, you are a new Christian. Don't be too much experienced in God. The prophet says God loves his children. He wants them to behave like children. He has got no grandchildren. All of us, we are children. Gray-headed or no gray. Hey, you are still a child of God. Sister Madiba and your daughter there, you are children of God, all of you. He loves you the same. Why, Brother Bram, Brother Bram says, the soul that you find in this brother is the same age as with the soul that you have. But you are the father to this brother here. Am I right? But he says there's no, there's no age to your souls. They all rotated at the same time from the pillar of fire from the logos. We came from the logos with no edge, with no we, we have no beginning, we have no ending. Amen. We are the same. So you only treat your child as a child because you are treating this frame that is carrying something important inside. If your child says, Daddy, why don't we pray for this thing? Don't say, Hey, this is no time for prayer, we prayed already. No. No. Look at the child and say, what did you say? No, I said that we must just pray. Even if you are coming from the closet from prayer, you say, you pray for us first. Give him a chance to pray. You listen to him. Yeah, then you say, son, after you are done praying, I also pray. How is he going to learn how to pray? He's telling you, let's pray for this thing. You say, no, 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 I've already prayed. Because your, your, your eyes are wet with tears. You're crying. You think you've already done it. After coming from the closet, the child is saying, let's pray. Amen. Amen. If you have got this kind of a spirit that gives this difference I'm talking about, you will have the right kind of discernment to know what needs to be done at what time, what hour, what place. Amen. You can't do things haphazardly. At work, they must know you. Another brother was saying, Brother Chet, another brother said, if they have never called you Muruti and you are not a Muruti, you are not a Christian, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, Brother Madiba? We were called pastors when we were still young like this. And we don't even know what it means to pastor somebody. But we were say, they say, hey, Pastor, Pastor, pray for us in a Sunday school. Pastor, why they don't say James pray for us or Willard pray for us? They say, Pastor. What's the language? Of this message is from the great shepherd. Every soul that has got the mentality to understand what heaven means, if you speak this language, it will pick it up. Even if you give advice, I remember when I was still a young man, I restored many marriages that were almost crashing down. What was I using when I was not married? I don't even know what it, I didn't even know what it takes to be with a sister. And if she says, brother, the bread is finished, I didn't know that. Both, what I was doing, I get money, I give it to my mother. So I don't know how she does the groceries and what, but I don't care, I don't know. 
I'm not there at the house. I just eat when food is there. No. All I need is, uh, if I'm with mama, there's money for you. Go and buy groceries for the family. Now, I go to a man that is about to divorce with his wife. I make them sit down. Talk to them. Read scripture to them. They said, ah, you, you, if you had come earlier, you would have not even had this squabble. Pray for us. You pray for them. Until now, they are still together, some of them. What was I using? I was still a young man. I'm not even thinking about getting married. All I'm thinking about is get, getting close to the Lord. You young men, you must do the same. Eh? Don't waste your time thinking about things that don't pertain to your welfare. Think more about God. Same applies to the young sisters. Think about how you can get close to God. Don't waste your time with anything. Don't waste your time with anything. And don't even let anyone waste your time. They must say, this sister, she's different. Eh? Sister Tipali, when they look at your daughter at school, they say, we want that one to be a prefect. We want her to be school head, this is what you call it, a prefect or head girl. Something is hidden inside. It's not about how she, the conduct comes from what she's got inside. They can see your son, brother, maybe smoking tango, uh, break time, and they say, that one is fit to be a, a, a head boy. They can't do that. The, the teachers, they know what discipline means. Yeah. They will say, but this guy is, is kind of like he's got the right composure. They will say, no, we are not going to ask the, the, the other teachers. The headmaster is going to say whatever he says, I want this one. Sometimes they make a vote as teachers, they say, how do you see this one? How, how does he behave in class? They do all those things, eh? such an assessment. But there's times when they just dictate, we want this one. Because there's even as mortal men, and they don't have something of God in them. They can see. I've seen it with the women in the world whose marriages are cram- crashing down. When they just look at you, they, they say, I wish I had a husband like you. What if I'm beating my own wife? <laughs> but you don't say with me. You just look at me and you see, if I, I had a husband like you, I think I would, my life would be better. Amen. Brother, it must be visible that you're a real husband. Yes. The way you talk, the way you answer, the way you address their matters when they come to you. And the way you page yourself. Amen. Some of you have long since stopped paging yourself. You just plunge into things. The way you wish, willy-nilly. You don't care. The Lord will take care. We are by the grace of God, brother. We'll make it to heaven by the grace of God, brother. No, the grace gives grace to be different, brother. Yeah. yeah, the grace comes to give you grace to be different. <laughs> you can't be like the rest of them all and expect to go to heaven. No. No. Amen. I'm an auto electrician. There's times when people come and I can see with the right discernment that this one has not brought the car. The car has brought him to me. <laughs> Yeah, I have to see that. I'm, every time when someone f- phones me, I don't know them. Someone has given them my number. But sometimes, brother, when I go to the car, there's no problem. Sometimes I say, can you start your car? Then it starts. Ah, but you know what? I'm a car lawyer. I wanna... 
I can't see where the problem is. And I say, neither do I see any problem. Then I start preaching. This is why he's here. It is this man that must meet me, connect with me. Another man cried tears like this. He took my number. Why are you crying? I've never heard this before. And I'm concluding that I didn't come here to fix my car. I came to see you. I said, you are right. And I knew that as well. Because I was speaking, you think I'm just talking because I don't want money. No, I've already seen what is happening. I don't waste my time fixing a car and what, what, what. Sometimes I even pray that this car must be right and then I fix this man. <laughs> so I don't care about the man. I care about this soul this time. Amen. So if you, you, if you are happy with what has happened, you give me a thank you. I'll be happy with that thank you. Then I give it to my wife. Don't even count it. There's money for your bread. That's how God expects us to shed that attribute of him. Remember, brother, when Adam was made, he was given credentials. This is what's going to explain who you are. Because I'm giving you what makes you look like me. Then he fell. My question is, where was God when Adam fell? The prophet says, you know, brother, it's good to have a prophet. He says, Adam saw that his wife is already messed up. He's already tempered with the promise. And if you would have allowed to say, God, me, I'm clean this side. It is this thing that you brought to me. This thing is not to a wife now. This thing. You see? But he had a better, Brother Abraham says he had a better revelation. He knew that she was part of him. So he willingly went in for the purpose of redeeming the wife. And he says that was a type of Christ. When he came on Calvary, he joined his bride, his church, to redeem them, to take for himself a people that are peculiar. A people that have got a different same name. Don't say I'm petty, I'm from Zimbabwe, I'm from this. That has nothing to do with it. Oh, you are still a petty. And a Zulu. In this message. We are still South African and Zimbabwean. In this message. If I go to Congo, brother, I must just join in. We are a group of the redeemed. We are a group of the peculiar people. Send after Christ. Let it sink as I talk. Let it sink as I preach it. If you don't catch it, brother, you never have that difference. Oh, you still look at brother Jed, you say, ah, but this brother is an Indian brother. What is Indian to do with this? You are, are you the one who made him Indian? Oh, this brother is from Zimbabwe. Are you, are you the one who gave birth to me in Zimbabwe? How sure are you I came from Zimbabwe? How sure are you? You can't use those things for the, the credibility of, like, how must I help Pastor Madiba? How did he come here to become a pastor? How did they choose this man? He's, he's from Polo Animals. We are in Whitbank. What has that to do with that? What has that to do with that? You know, brother, when people are filled with the Holy Ghost and they know who they are, the way I treat a brother, Utanyelai, Umatanyela, and Dr. Mshabi, it's the same. 
I must treat Brother Mushabi as a doctor when I come to his office where I meet him as a doctor. Yes. But when he is here, now no brother lo tanyela ngale ngale toilet lap. Bayafana. Because we carry the same difference that has taken us from the world into this group that we are. And by the same identification, we prove ourselves to be children of God. Amen. Uh, why I'm preaching like this, brothers? Many churches have been messed up by that. In Zimbabwe, I saw such politics. Oh, this brother, well, sometimes when they meet even in town, where are you fellowshipping? Me, I didn't have answers to people that asked me where I fellowship. Why, why, who's your pastor? Why, why do you want my pastor now? Do you want to come and fellowship with us? I'll be very stubborn and stout. You will never get an answer. Well, some people, you tell them, I'm coming from Brother Jacinda. Oh, oh, God bless you, brother. God bless you. They walk away. No fellowship anymore. Me, I could fellowship even with the polygamists. Sit them, make them sit there, make them read scriptures. What do you say about Matthew chapter 19? Tell me. Yeah, if a man can divorce a wife, he's not allowed to marry another. That's a scripture. That's a Bible. That's not your, your sect. That's not your, your congregation. That's not your pastor. This is a book from God himself. You, are not, you must stay single. Even the disciples said, then if it's like that, this issue of marriage is very tough. Yeah? You leave your wife, you get another one. Yeah? You leave your wife, you get another one. It's not allowed by the scripture. Yeah. Then you are still with your wife, you take another one. Yeah. Then it's holy. <laughs> I say, brother, this, is, this just needs a, a, a matriculant. <laughs> you don't need scriptures. Just someone that went past matric can tell you by matter of reasoning, ah, but brother, if it's like this, ah. <laughs> one plus one, ah, it doesn't work. I don't use scriptures for this. And I kept them all quiet by one scripture. I said, I won't read two or three. Just one scripture. They wanted to go to the Old Testament, but why are you going to the Old Testament? Because, you know, I showed them. I said, do, do you know why David was saying, my sin is ever before me? What sin was it? Did you ever think? Because if it was a sin of Bathsheba, God forgave him and even punished him for it and even killed the child. What was this thing that you find in the Psalms that David was saying, my sin was ever These 500 women were always before him. Why did he call it a sin? Yeah. You can't point to another sin. Because he was a man after God's own heart. They have beloved of God. Mm. And we know when he did sin, he went to Bathsheba, Uriah's wife. Uriah's yeah, the soldier, his wife. He took him to be wife. It is mentioned in the scriptures. But the other five friends he was just taking. When he started looking at the scriptures and what he was doing. You know what God said? He never said, I gave you this woman. I gave everything into your hands. To design, yeah. to do things the right way. Right. If things are given into your hands, brother, you not abuse them because they are in your hands. Amen. Brother Abraham says, uh, God cannot allow a brother who is not mature to speak things into existence. Because he's gonna, at one point in time, he's going to speak other things out of existence when another brother needs them. Right. Yes. We, are, we, we put order. We put order that is beneficial to everyone in the kingdom. The bride knows what to do with this work. What makes us be able to do what we do in the message is because we have a difference. God has set that mark and a difference. If you don't have that one, brother, you must hunger and thirst for it. You must even feel it. 
Like one, one singer says, it's like fire shut up in my bones. You must feel that fire. And you must release it when you, whenever you want. Someone is crying for eternal life. You can give them. Give them a chair and say, sit here. Tell them honestly, if you can listen to what I'm telling you now, you will make it to heaven. How sure are you? I'm already in. I'm in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You can make it now. Now. Did they not come to the prophet? They say, we are hungering and testing. We've been fasting for the Holy Ghost and praying. They said, so when do you want him? They said, now. They pushed the chase. It was a high school, I think. Eh? They pushed the chase. They said, okay, let, let's pray. You get the Holy Ghost now. And some of you, you, you wish to take even more, 10 more years, without knowing whether you have or you don't have. It's not the pastor's mandate. He preaches it. You believe it. And act upon it. That's right. He doesn't move with the Holy Ghost in a briefcase to say, ah, oh, today I can give this one. Eh? He's a very good brother. Come, brother, to my office. Let me open my briefcase and give you the Holy Ghost. He doesn't do that. Say, no, this brother, I don't like him the way he behaves. I will give him next year. Mafakasa, <laughs> <laughs> the way you preached, I didn't like it. So you not get the Holy Ghost. Eh? You get it two years later. He walks away with his briefcase. Even God does not do that. If you say you want the Holy Ghost now, you will get him now. There's no time frame to it. The time frame is you. You are the one who puts the time frame. You determine the course. Because you are too much conformed to the things of the world. You don't watch why God called you in. Brother, when, when, when the tough gets going, brother, <laughs> things are tough, brother. I just stick to what I must be. Leave everything. I surrender everything, and I, I, I know things are not right. Deaths are escalating this way. I'm trying to wake here. People are running away with my mother. Just leave everything. Yeah. Others are switching off their phones. You can't get a hold of them. You don't know where they stay. You leave it. You know, sometimes when I do that, Pastor, if I'm fixing your starter, Start a motor on a vehicle and you run away with the 450 rand and I leave you. It's not like I'm poor and I can't have means to harness you back. No, no, no. I'm, I'm putting a, a white net to get you to bring me more money. Most of the times, people that do that, when I leave them, they come with their engines with a knock on the engine. <laughs> so they, 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 they are told, you know, this kind of a car. Even if it's an engine, you must call this man. He, he, he punches that number. It's that guy that he ran away from. And, and they start with an apology. Then I say, come. Then they are going to pay that one plus. Yeah. If they don't come back, I say, maybe God was teaching me something. So I go back to that situation again. I, I assess why, why did it happen this way? Why did this guy come this way? Why did he run away and not pay me? What was God trying to tell me here? Because it's nothing to do with this guy now. Because if it was something to do with this guy, something inside of me must have controlled that guy until he comes back. It has been happening like that. It must come the same way. Do you know we can control things that are happening in Zimbabwe when we are here? Oh, you don't know. Do you know we can control America? Right here in this church. That is if we want. We can remove the president in America and put another one here. Without our vote there. 
You think I'm, 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 I'm trying to, 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 to bring some gimmicks now? I'm telling you the reality. God is banking on us. Even the world, the way it stands, why people are still doing whatever they are doing and they are still safe, it's because of us. That's right. Amen. Not only because of us, but because of Christ who redeemed us. Amen. We are part of him. He cannot do anything without us. Amen. Brother, bring this quotation for me. Law having a shadow. I was supposed to read this verse, but we read a lot of scriptures, so I, I, I just jumped it until now. Leave it there. Leave it there. We'll read it. Just think of Moses, brother. Brother Bram calls Moses a runaway prophet. He says the same thing concerning Jonah. Huh? You cannot tell Jonah anything, brother, when the fish had to spit him out. He knew that says the Lord cannot be broken. He says, yet in 40 days shall he be destroyed if you don't repent. He was a blazing fire. He was expecting the whole of Nineveh to die. God says, I can't destroy people who can't know they are left and they are right. If they humble themselves and say, Lord, we accept your prophet. We are guilty. Even the donkey is fasted. Some of you are not fasting. Eh? Even the donkey is in Nineveh. For the redemption to come, even the chickens. Chickens. Brother Mabeu, chickens fasted. Chickens. And the Bible says you are better off than the sparrows of them. Yeah. Hey. And when they fasted, you don't even remember when you last fasted. Just for another brother, fine. If your things are okay, pray for another brother. Okay, fine. If you can't pray for the other brother, just for the sake of consecration, to be closer to God. <laughs> Tell me which scripture forbids men to fast now. Bring one. I want to see it. Bring me a quotation. Brother Brenham used to say, I sweat for this result that you find in this message that I'm preaching. I sweat for it. You go and find out what sweating was saying. He said, we, we, I fast three days. Not only him, he said, there's Jean and Leo. He opened the gate and one day he said, where is your secret? He said, there is my secret. He says, they pray until they lie with their stomachs and they can't even eat when I'm preaching and when, when I'm on the pulpit. So when he's here, he knows there's people fasting and right now, they started yesterday. Now they are lying on their bellies. They can't sit praying for me so that I can pray for the sick. You want your deliverance. You want your sickness to be driven away because you are banging on the pastor in this ministry. He's sweating for it to be what it is. You must also sweat for it to receive what he's sweating for. It's sweat for sweat. Prayer for prayer. If I want a benefit from Pastor Madiba, I pray for him. Specifically not to say with the pastor also. Put him like when I'm praying for pop and place, I put my pastor also there. No. It's not as cheap as that. It's not as, this ministry is not as cheap as pop and place. You must take a time. If, if I get an off day, I go out in the bush there and say, Lord, today I'm not praying. I will be bitten by mosquitoes. I'm praying for my pastor. The reason I'm praying for him because my soul is banging on what he's preaching. It has nothing to do with him. My soul is begging on what you are going to give him. So if you don't give him, I'm starving here. I starve. 
Not only myself, but the rest of my brethren are going to starve. Okay, fine. You are, you are, you are think I'm, I'm joking with this. But if the pastor will say tomorrow, uh, today, uh, from today, we are going to start believing in polygamy. We don't need to preach it. It has been preached elsewhere, you know. I think it's a revelation from God. What do you think as a church? He just comes from this office. He's coming now. He says, yeah, uh, brother, how many wives do you have? If you need to, you can come and see me. <laughs> You'll be wondering, what does this man say? Because they are not praying for him. Why? Because, brother, if a man is ordained a pastor, he's got the mandate to preach either Jehovah's Witness doctrine or whatever he's going to preach, but he's going to answer for it. So if he's going to answer for what he's preaching, then it throws you out. But his work shall be tried with fire, not him. He preaches Jehovah's Witness doctrine, the work that he produced is going to be tried with fire. And if it is bent, so be it. The work is you yourself. So when you pray, you begin to look from that angle of the scripture. Say, if this man brings Jehovah's Witness doctrine here, as a pastor, I cannot say, Pastor, don't bring Jehovah's Witness. He's got the mandate to bring whatever he feels led as a pastor. But is he bringing it to himself and his family or is bringing it to you? So if you have prayed, you have got confidence of what he's bringing in. Because you already know what he's going to bring. Because you have been asking for it. That's why sometimes when you pray, when you feel led to read a certain quotation, the pastor says, there's a very important quotation I want to read. Yeah. It is the one that we were reading when you were praying for him. Eh? You are connected. Then you think the rapture is going to happen without you knowing? When you are connected every night and day? Never. You will be informed. For this day shall not come upon us unawares. It will not come upon us unawares. We are the children of the light. There is a difference between light and darkness. There is a difference between the children of darkness and the children of light. There is a difference in the life that the children of darkness live and the light, the life that the children of light live. There has to be a difference. It's a mandate from heaven, not from Brother Borewe. It's a mandate from heaven, from God himself. You can't live the way you want and expect yourself to be a believer. So what are you believing in? Because if you believe in something, it's got principles. There's an underlying principle to everything that you do. If I'm an auto electrician and you just come and collect, connect wires as you wish, yellow to green, green to red, as long as they are connected, you will burn the car. It will burn in flames. I'm telling you to burn. You to burn and you are watching it. Yeah, Shalemot. Yes, it's going to burn. You scratch for, for sand, brother, when there's a pavement like this. Time to quench a fire. You go like this, looking for Musabat. You will not find it. There's a principle I must test. When I'm doing there, I'm going to my testers. I test. Brother Mambe, you saw me doing it. Test, yes. Ah. When, when, when I'm talking to my brother, there's no power there. There's no power. Then I test, why this cable don't have power? Maybe it's a negative. Before I connect it, I must verify where is this cable coming from and where is it going. If I can do that with the cable, how much more the children of God? Where you are coming from and where you are going, where you are connected, must be determined. Umliloka Jesu, Uvutanga Pakati Kwami. 
You must feel it from inside that I've got the power. I've got the, the feeling of heaven. If they say, brothers, how many are making it to heaven? You must not even put a question mark and doubt yourself. Yeah, if I can ask now, some of you can question, can, can put a question mark and say, brother, if rapture is going to happen tomorrow, yeah, I ask God to at least wait for a year to fix my things. What are these things that you linger and stay long enough to be with them for the whole day? Why must you afford? Why must you afford to stay with things that hinder you to make it? Why must you have the confidence to stay with the things that don't help you to make it? One time I was tracing, I, I think I was fellowshipping with Brother Arnold. I was tracing the effect of an unconfessed sin. Brother, a brother sitting here in front with an unconfessed sin can make a brother at the back there die with cancer. The Holy Ghost failed to heal that brother who is innocent and serving the Lord perfectly with a whole heart. This brother is, is, is living in adultery. Then that one is dying with cancer. Then God can't heal that one because there is another one here. That's how serious the matter of the gospel is. If you can't live for yourself, live for your brother. That's right. That's what I tell myself. If I can't live for myself, if I'm failing, but at least Lord, help me to live for my brothers. Let them not come to a point where they say, these message believers, they do this and they have me as an example. That's right. I want to be an example where they say, if you want to make it to heaven, you must be like this brother here. We must stop playing church. Coming here, waste good sermons. The pastor sleeps sometimes around 2 a.m. He's preparing a sermon. You are bringing your adultery with you. <laughs> you have prepared adultery for the table of the Lord. The pastor has been sleeping, having sleepless nights trying to bring the food for the children of God. That food can't even have an effect on each and every one of them because another, another brother seemingly innocent sitting there with some dirty tears and everything. And he's not even prepared to make it right. And no matter how many people die, he's going to stay like that. He doesn't even regret. I was wondering what was happening in the mind of Achan when he took the Babylonian garment and the wedge of gold and they started scouting for who did it and he was quiet. If it was me, I would say, brothers, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Pray for me. If it means stones and everything, stone me first. Leave my children. It's me. Because now they said, oh, I think if we kill, we kill him with stones, we leave the wife. She's going to do the same when we are in Canaan. Stone them all. The chickens, the goats, the pigs. And the pigs are saying, what, 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 what is happening? They say stones. What stones? Your leader is assigned stones for everyone. Some things, brother. Sorry to call you brother. But the greatest thing I can do, the prophet says, if you want to give me respect, call me brother. Amen. It's good also to call your, your pastor your brother. He's your brother. Don't think like he's a superman. He's your brother. He's going to make a mistake one day. You must bear with him. Yeah. yeah. There's people, brother, that, that look at the office of a pastor. They are looking for, scouting for mistakes. The very office that must help them, they are, they've, they've got a red book and a red pen. They are escalating the, 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 the marks to the black book where they say, away with this pastor. The only time I can say away with the pastor is when he's, uh, he's also saying away with the word. Amen. If a man is still standing here, 
preaching as my pastor. Like this pastor here, I point to him. His pastor is our pastor here. We don't want to beat about the bush. We support him with everything. He's still behind the pulpit, with, behind the Bible, behind the every quotation. He's trying his best, doing everything for the Lord. Amen. I think there's some other things that he should not ever worry about. Does the church still support me? Are they still with me? He must not ever worry about that. Amen. If he's still on the post of duty and we see it and we are benefiting and we've got testimonies from what he's preaching, then there's something, there's a difference there. Amen. Our life must show that difference, that these sermons, they are transforming lives. Who can you find in this COVID era who can proclaim here yeah, by the Holy Ghost to say no one is going to die? Amen. You take that to be, to be a, a, a simple thing. Anyone can say it. Makandiwa from Zimbabwe can say it. I never heard him say it. They could not challenge COVID. COVID stopped their churches and they were quiet. Others have seen it better to confess that actually we were not prophets. We, we, were, we were bewitched into this thing. They are now coming open because they have not done anything with the COVID. Their churches are closed. They can't get tithes. They can't get offering. Because they were fighting for this money. Now the COVID has closed everything. No way to gather the people. No com- campaigns. No healing miracle campaigns. Fake miracles. But if we can pray here and Brother Mpanyana gets COVID, Another sister goes into the ICU and they come back and join this church again. And you still doubt this office. Is the pastor right on that issue? What are you doubting about? You can doubt the man, but don't doubt the work. Yes, that's exactly what our master said. If you doubt me, but the very works prove what I am. Believe the works thereof. Leave me alone. And he even said, if the Holy Ghost is going to come and do the same thing, and you do it the way you are doing with me, you will not be forgiven. Yes. One thing I want to warn you, church, when the pastor is being used by the Holy Ghost and when he's just talking as, as a brother in church and thinking, seeing which one is best, how he's doing, putting facts on the table, like maybe if you are measuring this building, brother, I think it's going to be good. It's not like he needs the Holy Ghost to tell you the measurement. He's going to consult the, 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 the builder, the architect. Yeah? When he's bringing that, don't sensitize those things. Eh? It's just about, he also has to contribute like everyone else. Eh? But when he's speaking under the influence of the Holy Ghost, and you take note of it that something has been said here, and you derail that thing, you undermine it. You know what danger you'll be suffering? You might not be forgiven, but God has spoken to you. Amen. And you ridicule it, and you think it's, it's just a man. But the pastor will forget. But when you come to the gates, you say, uh, uh, I'm also sister, so and so, I'm coming. Are you, uh, obvious, obvious. We were the ones who were in church. We never came late. I never missed the service. But God will say, come here. Do you know this man? Say, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. This was our pastor. Then you say, on Tuesday, such and such a date, in June, 19 something something, did he speak to you in his office? Did he say this? Did you do it? Uh, I know that thing, but you don't think it's the Holy Ghost eh? that time. I will tell you what, what, what you must do as a church. The pastor must correct it if I'm wrong. But if you want to see a pastor if he's right, if he gives you advice, check it with the word. Don't go against it. For just for the sake of trying to be different. No, be different with the right cause. 
Yeah, if the Holy Ghost makes you different, you must be different. Some people, have, they've already consulted everywhere. They have some advice. Then finally they come to the pastor. Then it's complicated now. Whose side must they take? Me, I was, going to, I was supposed to go to Rustenburg for a job. I consulted the pastor. Masaiko. He told me what he told me. I'm still here. You think I don't want to go to work? You think it's good to stay like this? Yes, but it's good because I'm still a believer. What if I would have gone there and I backslid? Because he told me there's no church there. There's no church there. Perhaps maybe where you, where you go to work, it's in the mines and it's very fine. The state in Rustenburg, you, we need God there. Amen. So if you speak to the pastor, he knows. Now you think, ah, I think the pastor doesn't want me to take my job. It's this job that he don't want me to take. So he thinks I must suffer with my family. <laughs> yeah, he will, he will, next time he will hear me, I'm in Rustenburg. I tell my wife, you see, you see what the pastor said. It's up to him and his family, but you'll find me in Rustenburg. Uh, next week I'll call him, I'm in Rustenburg. <laughs> and in the meantime, you think he's the pastor. Eh? Yeah. You go to Rustenburg. I'll tell you, brothers, if you don't have this thing I'm preaching about, it has to design and tell you, listen to your pastor. Amen. Because those words are not the pastor's words. They are mine. Take them. Eh? It has to speak. Before you decide anything, it has to speak because you also have the Holy Ghost. He's using the Holy Ghost. Why must you be against what the Holy Ghost is saying when you have the Holy Ghost? Yeah. You go to Rustenburg, then you meet a problem there. And it's a terrible problem. And you can't sort it. You only need the pastor. And he told you not to go there. Then you want to come back. How will you come back? He already knows you are in Rustenburg. You ruled out his advice. He even came back and phoned brother, but don't go to Rustenburg. You go. Then there's problems. Then you want to come back to him. Do you see why our pastors grow gray-haired quick? Because we create, we are, we are looking, now we're, like, we're scouting, what problem must I bring to him again? No, brother, it must not be problems. If God has put the Holy Ghost in us, we must say, what testimony must I bring to the pastor next? Last time it was a testimony of a job. Then, then what now? Me, that's how I live. If I want to fellowship with the brothers, it might be something I must tell them, something that God is immediately doing now. Not what he did last year. Last year, but one in June. It's good to hold on to those testimonies. What David says, don't forget these testimonies, but don't cling on to those testimonies without new ones. Because God is the only move. He keeps on moving. God is not a stagnant God. Neither can he be a bottled God where you can say, he's in this bottle, he's mine. No one can have him. No, brother. In the meantime, when you have a testimony, another brother has got the same testimony or a different testimony from the same God. Amen. Let's read here. Can you lower it a little bit? I want to show you something here. No, bring it down, down. Down, down again, down a little bit, again. Yeah. I said, I want where it says, I said, where does the basis of your religion lay? That's a very good question. Where does the basis of your religion lay? Where are you laying your faith? As an individual, not as a church. I come to the pulpit when the pastor calls me 
But my expectation is we must have a tent meeting and I will be preaching there. You cannot face that fire, but I can face that fire. Several times they've tried to kill me, they've tried to beat me. You cannot stand. If you go there, you will be beaten. This I can assure you, if I give you a pulpit when you're out there and you are not meant for that, that side, you will be beaten. Because there are certain things that you must address. If you are preaching to people that are drinking, you must address their drinking. And it's offensive. Yeah. Out there, the ministry is offensive. You must offend people until they see the offense cannot work. Let's deal with this man. Or they say, we cannot continue with this. Let's listen to this man. So you must draw a line. You must put a difference. You can't just pet them on the back and say, oh, brother, as long as you drink one in a day, you will come right. Eh? Come to church, brother. Come to church. There's your bus fare to come to church. Eh? And I'm giving you shoes as well. Eh? Shoes. You don't have shoes. I'll give you shoes. Eh? Come to church. They will give problems to the pastor. If people come to church unrepented, Say, for instance, I'm a thief and I, I tell you I want, I, want, I want to come and join this church. I want to worship. Then you just baptize me. You don't know my story. Then I start stealing here in church. Because I'm not repented. I've joined the church. So I start stealing. I don't know the difference. You must, we must instruct people that they have to have a difference. Confess that life. Tell God I'm not going to be this person anymore. I want this. I've heard the word. I've believed. Faith comes by hearing. But when he comes and he don't narrate to you that I was taking people's wives out there. When he starts approaching some of our sisters here, he continues in church. How are you going to deal with it? I spoke with another pastor. Now you bring a brother and say, confess your faults here in front. But he's wondering, why are, why are they doing this to me? Why are they doing this to me? Because he thinks that's how we should live. Ah, weakness. Your own weakness. We are also men. When we don't have that weakness of yours. Because something has come and given us a difference and to know the difference. And we live different. Not of our own, but of that thing that gives us that virtue to believe that. And we believe the word. We give you the word, you become right. Now if you just bring people, pet them on the back, they are feeling the pews. Huh? Then they start living their life that they were living outside in church. Now we want them to go and confess to the pastor that this one was stealing from us. They should that, do that. If they can confess afterwards, then they should do it first time when they come. Yeah. They have to confess. Why should they come to the pastor and make right? Make right what? When they never made right when they came. Why should it be possible now that they make right now? Because now it's bothering those that are in church. Eh? Yeah. It's even bothering them when they are coming. The Bible says you take them out from there. I, I used to think it's the denomination that do it. You take them out from there in the world. You bring them to church. Make them twice children of the devil. Huh? Yeah. More than they were in the world. You know how that happens, Brother Chet? Here, the water comes down. And when the water comes down, the water of the Holy Ghost, when it pours itself on the ground, Amen. you cannot change a weed. Huh? You cannot change a hog to be a sheep because the water has come down. They will say, all of them, brother, they will say, glory, hallelujah. He was shown a field and the, 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 the corn was rejoicing and the weeds were rejoicing for the same rain. Amen. He was looking at Hebrews chapter 6. He said, I, I wonder what this scripture says. God showed him a vision. The wheat and the tares, hallelujah. Praise God. What atmosphere was that in the same field? 
in the same congregation, in the same church, they were rejoicing for the Holy Ghost coming down. But the other ones are tears. <laughs> they, are, they, are, they are ready to, to pinch another brother somewhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> they are looking at you and they want to get your wallet. Hallelujah. Hey, hey. <laughs> brother, even if you take a drunkard and bring him here, he will enjoy the atmosphere of our singing here. He won't say your singing is boring. He will be here in front here dancing. That man must repent. If ever you are going to ask him to confess of these faults that he has done along the journey, then he must confess before he goes there. I'm going to ask, Pastor, which life is dangerous? The one that you have been living before on the life that you live after when you come to church. Like right now, it's Brother Bore, I'm preaching to you, but if I start stealing, which life is dangerous? The one I lived before or that I'm doing now? The one you are living now with the religious spirit. You see, because I'm under an atmosphere and it's influential. Because why? Your son is going to say, but Brother Borewe does it. So he won't come to you and convince you because he knows that you won't like it. So he will convince himself that I will do it because I'm I'm with Brother Borewe. We are now two. Then another one is also, oh, but but the pastor's son is doing it. Then Brother Borewe also, I saw him the other time. Maybe it was a mistake. I don't know he's a minister, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't want to comment. But me, who am I? So there are three of them. But when I was in the world, I was part of everyone there. So that life is dangerous to yourself. But the life you carry on in church is dangerous to everyone in church. So when you come to church, when you come to church, tell us your story. You want to hear what were you doing there? Who are you? That's why pastors are marrying people that have got wives already. You come from Zimbabwe, you don't tell the pastor you're married. I just sneak here like a young man. Then I tell the pastor I want this one. Sister Mpanyana says, oh, the brother wants my daughter. He's a very wonderful man of God. He's married, that man. <laughs> then you don't inquire where this man is coming yeah. from. <laughs> then you marry him. Yeah. Then afterwards, the wife visits the husband in South Africa. Yeah. He, he finds another blonde somebody inside the house. Oh. And the pastor has already officiated the marriage. Oh because the pastor did not inquire this man where he's coming from. Yeah. We want to know your story when you are coming here. We want to inquire if the pursuer, the avenger of blood is coming. We want to hear your story before you enter the gates. We are here by the gates, the elders. It doesn't say angels, elders of the church. Meaning us ministers and our pastors. We stand by the gate. We want to know your story. Why are you running away? What did you do there? We just can't keep, Brother Brenham says, in fact, the book of Jude says, they crept in unawares. Yeah. I fed the one went and digged down, Brother Chetty. I found out even Judas came, he crept in unawares. Because the Bible says, and Judas also. He never had a testimony, no discernment was carried out on him. Peter came, he was told something. James and John, they came, they had a story. Peter and Andrew, they were connecting, connecting. Nathaniel, Philip, Judas also. <laughs> Part of that group is coming with a poison, waiting for a day to sell him, make money and buy plots and farms. And he's looking at a lucrative business. This man should, this oil should not have been spilled like this. It should have been sold. And we give to the poor. We give to the poor. And if the poor were there, they say, This is a very good brother. This is a very good brother. What? 
basis is what where does the basis of your religion lay? He said on men. You see? This man is answering the prophet. He says, on men. Yeah, if there's, there's some that are sleeping, wake up. Boys, I call your name out. I'm, 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 I'm speaking loud and I cannot make you sleep. Our own goodness, if ever there's something that I hate, is somebody that sleeps in church. I hate that thing. Boys, it's, it's clearly demons. You can't convince me, boss. I had one time I had two consecutive all night prayers without sleeping, without even blinking an eye, reading the spoken word. I attended the service. I never slept. So there's, there's a difference there. So you can't tell me you can sleep because you were busy at work yesterday or whatever. We also wake. Sometimes I knock off around 9:30 and I still come to church and I never blink my eyes, like, and doze off. I can blink, yes, showing I'm tired, but I, I must stay awake. If you sleep, you are, you, are, you, are, you are getting on my nerves now. No, brother, this is not an atmosphere of demons, brother. This is an atmosphere of children of God. This is an atmosphere of eagles. We are talking about eagle food. We are talking about escalating. We want to ride higher above the storms. After this preaching, brother, I would declare that if you go back home, things must change. There must be a difference. If your children were not serving the Lord right now, they must start telling you, oh, brother, God did it one time. Another woman had children that were running and staying in the mountains and promising the mother that you, this is the last time you are going to see us. We are going to South Africa without finishing school. I said, sister, if you tell me what you are telling me, I will sympathize with you. But I can only work with my faith and your faith and the faith of God and the word of God and the power of God if you tell me what you want. Because what you want, Brother Chet, in your family, for your children, for everyone, for your grandchildren, for what you want determines the course of their life. They will try to, but it will come to where you put a finger and say, yeah. Well, that's exactly what God does. We do whatever we do, but God says, I want to hear you. I saw you perfect. Huh? I saw you perfect. Eh? Why must we not see the same way God sees? Because we are children of God, we are amateur gods. That's exactly what it means, to see exactly as God sees things. Our own goodness, our all on works, no grace. You see, all on goodness, what a man can do, this is what other people bank their religion on. So, when you think it's about your goodness, when you fail, you cannot come back to church. Because you, you are beginning to see what would the brothers say. Away with what would they, they, they say. I'm worried about what God will say. That's right. If that young man in the big pen would have said, what would my brother say? He said, even my servants, I'm going to be lower than my father's servants as long as I'm home. If I was preaching and I make a mistake, I would tell pastor, I'm not going to preach. I stole something. I, I feel condemned. I can't preach. I took another man's wife. Now my wife is fighting with me. My marriage is on the rocks, but I can't be a preacher too if it's like that. Amen. If I feel like things are, are not right, I come to the pastor, then I say I'm not a preacher. Then it, it's going to be worse if I say I'm not going to be a Christian anymore. I never was. Amen. You can never be a Christian and then God, you know what it, what it does? You are, you are proving that God is a failure. If you backslide, you're proving that God, if ever he gave you the Holy Ghost, he was sure you were going to make it. He has already signed up that your faith has been acceptable in heaven. So, 
if God accepts your faith, he gives you the Holy Spirit. When he gives you the Holy Spirit, you're going to say, ah, now I'm going back with that Holy Spirit. Because that guy had all of the father's portion. He went. Then when he was there in the big pen, in the last place to resort to, he remembered, I'm not this man. Something happened, man. I'm different, man. I'm another son. I'm, I'm going to be even lower than the dust. But as long as I'm home, as long as I can see Papa and Mama, as long as I can greet them good morning, right. and I'm home, even if I eat what my, my father's servants live, I don't care. There's times when you don't have to care about what you care about every day. You must be an I don't care. And have that I don't care attitude with you. Every time when things pop up and they are trying to put you on the side, put you on the other corner where the devil says I've got an advantage. You must tell him, you are putting me in this corner, but I don't care. Don't care about it. I'm going to care about what God says about me. Not bang on what men can do. If a man lives good, uh, lives good enough, he will, he will be God himself. <laughs> if he lives good enough. If he could live good enough, I said, look where the prophet is taking this man to now. I said, look, life lays in the blood cell. So that man was, not, was talking about himself, his works. Brother, let me introduce another aspect of what brings us in. The blood cell. And without the shedding of, the, of blood, there is no remission of sin. So a man comes thinking he's going to be a good brother. He wears like all the brothers, put on a suit and become a brother, join church. There is no remission of And when there is no remission of sin, sin anchors in that man and it continues in church. You think, you think Akan's problem started when he went to Babylon? It never started when he went to Babylon and saw that garment. Because a lot of brothers saw that garment as well. A lot of brothers saw it. And the wage of God, some other brothers, there's another brother, I think they, he stood there, but he remembered the scripture. We can take spoil, but God said, don't touch anything of their spoil. Let's go. They continued. There's times when Saul was saying, don't take spoil, when God says, take spoil. And the time he says, fast when God doesn't want people to fast. So he said, this man is corrupt, man. He, he don't instruct people according to my word. He, he says, I've rent the kingdom. I've taken it away from my hands. I've given it to a neighbor, even David. He started having grudge. No, that grudge did not just start there. He already had it, but he didn't have an occasion to pop up. He just popped up from nowhere. He wants to kill David. If he was a good brother, he said, brother, David, come here. I've received good news from the Lord. You are going to be king and you are taking over from me. This is my armory. This is what I had. He was supposed to do a clean hand over. If he was a clever man, I have failed, my brother, but God has pointed his finger to you. Come up. Take it from here. Continue this way. This is what I did so far. Here is where I failed. When you continue, my brother, don't fail this way. Don't fail God this way. I'm repeating, my brother, please don't ever fail God this way. But he said, I will kill David. I will remain there. Even if God said, even if God said it. If I was Saul, I was going to end over. I called David. Get hold of my phone. Brother David, are you home? <laughs> yeah, there's things happening. And actually, there's good news for you. And it's also good news for me. Though it's going to pull me down a little bit, but it's good news. Can you come over to my house? Then I take David to the armory. This is what Israel has in store. 
These are the weapons. This is, why are you doing this? I will tell you later when we are sitting and eating. They are preparing a buffet for us there. We'll be there on the table. I'll tell you why, why I'm doing this. I have failed God. That's my first point, number one. Number two, I don't want you to fail the same way. Number three, I want you to continue because God has said you must take my place. Then I tell him what is needed to uphold that place. But uh, what, what is happening now? You see, Pastor Matipa says, Brother Mpanyana preached today. Brother Mshabi, Brother Dipali, we have got these ministers. We like Brother Dipali, Brother what? Brother Borel with the other time. You think it's, it's a joke? It's simple to do that. There's pastors that see Brother Chet, if you are a minister, he puts you under his feet. You won't come up. <laughs> you will come up when you, you, you release yourself from that bondage. Yeah. And you are maybe somewhere in, in Bakersford. Then you start ministering. Not when you are under him. Because he sees a threat. I'm going to share my tithe with this one. No. He already sees a threat that is coming to this position where I am. Just like Saul. You know why we have an example of Saul? It's because there's plenty of us like that. You can't lift your brother. On a level of a brother, you can't lift your brother. Pray for your brother. Lift him up. Because you need something inside of you. You need something that was with David. That when he cut Saul's piece of cloth, it smote him. Brother, a piece of cloth. That even the one that from the clothes where that piece came from, he didn't even notice. He, wa- he started noticing when David told him. Oh, where's my, my, bottle, my water bottle? Ah. And he says, the king has got no problem. But you, Abner, you deserve to die. You got the king this way. Why Abner? Because he's the one who must be praying, stay awake so that the office may operate well. All the mistakes is because the men that were around Saul were just pompous men. They were not telling him, not praying for him, protecting the position. If he wants to do wrong, he will say, but I can't do it this way. He just feels laid in a certain way. Because when God met him, the Bible says Saul became a different man. He became a different man. He was not an ordinary man anymore. God put a difference even in Saul. But the conduct lost him. He lost the conduct and the conduct lost him because the word said, no, 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 we can't work with this man. There has to be shedding of blood. There is no remission of sin. Innocent substitute has to take a guilty sinner's place. Oh, I want you to get this now. Notice, an innocent substitute must take the guilty guilty one's place. And it happened in Eden. When did it happen in Eden? Who was the innocent one and who was the guilty one? Adam displayed it. God slew the sheep and their blood covered their sin. The blood of the sheep covered their sin. And they were given the sheep, sheep skin to cover themselves from their nakedness. Because they had made themselves a fig leaf religion. It withers away. It dries out. It has got no power. That when Adam sinned, yeah? And cut off his fellowship with God. The father. And when he had sinned, before he could stand before God, God had to kill some sheep. Perhaps whatever it was, and make a a covering. Because religion means covering. Before they could come to God, they had already covered themselves. Don't cover yourself, brother. Come, 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 and let God cover you. 
In the book of Isaiah, it says, I'll give them a covering, not of, of, of clothing and any other material. I'll give them a covering of my spirit. That's what we need. Blood had to be offered in substance because the bloods were life laid. And God required life at sin. Sin's judgment is to take life. Notice how people now can look and see that how we believe so supremely in the blood of the Lord Jesus. Jesus, I used to think, was a Jew. <laughs> or he was a Jewish blood. He was born of a Jewish mother, but he wasn't Jewish blood. Neither was he Gentile blood. He was the blood of God. Don't you hear uh, the denominational people trying to connect Jesus with Joseph? They preach it. Don't you hear? They say that we are worshipping a, a, a God of the white people. But my, my, my surprise to them is I've never seen white people cherish Jesus. If it's, it's their God, then they must speak more of if you go to the Greeks, they speak more of their gods. Mm. If Jesus is a god of the white people, then we must see the white people in front. Here it must be half, half, or three quarters white, then blacks. Because the god we are serving is of the white. Yeah. But it's not about white and black and gentle and what, what. It's not about that. He was the blood of God. See? God the Father overshadowed the Virgin Mary and created a blood cell in the womb. I will tell you what happened here. The pillar of fire came and hovered over Mary and created in a womb that blood cell. It had no father. But it was in a womb of a mother and she was not even the mother because he, God says, Brother Bible says he created both male and female. The cell and the egg brought it together and brought up a body. She was just a an incubator. She was just that womb that was borrowed to bring a seed that don't have a father, that don't have a mother. Created from God. That's why the Bible says it was the beginning of the creation of God. Created a blood cell in the womb that brought forth the son, Christ Jesus. You see, for God to create, he cannot use any other substance than himself. That's why you can't separate Jesus from the date. The body, you cannot separate it from the dead. Was the deity. Once man and God meet, that man becomes, we don't say that God, God becomes man, no. When God becomes man, the man becomes God. That's exactly what happened. You see what I mean? Every male, the blood cell comes out of the male. God was the male, and he created the female egg to make a body that he dwelt in, to make a temple for himself. Like the hen can lay the egg. Hey, that's the part I wanted. But it isn't fatal unless she's been with the male bed. And I've, I've often said this, not for a joke, because I don't believe in it in the platform. But as, uh, as an expression, you take an old mother bed, can lay a nest full of eggs. And she can hover them. In other words, she, she's brooding over the eggs. She can tend them. She can be so loyal with them. Huh? So loyal with them. So loyal. So loyal with. She's got eggs under her. So loyal. When they need to be tended, she's tending them. 
The pastor can be so loyal with you. I'm talking about you and the pastor. So loyal with you. He's trying his best to have the congregation intact, everything. You are carefree. You don't live the life that you have been called for. There's no life in you. What happens? I can't give you examples, but you, if you want to find examples, you'll find them somewhere. Where people have been so loyal with eggs. With them until she sat on the nest, till she gets so poor she can't fly off the nest. So loyal to those eggs. But unless that mother bed has been with the male bed, they will never hatch. They are not fertile. It doesn't help pastor to pastor a church that don't have the Holy Ghost. It will not help to be a pastor or a minister in a church where people love to live in sin than to, to cherish righteousness. It will not help. We are not going anywhere. People that don't have an agitation inside of them to say, no, we must be holy. We must be the children of God. It must be sin. There must be a difference. We must be that kind of a peculiar people. That even people, when they see, I gave Sister Chet in my testimony that I saw here with the two daughters and the brother. But the brother was a little bit far. The sister with the daughters. I almost wanted to run to them to ask them, where do you fellowship? I was already quickly connected, right there by the mall. But I said, now, will they understand me? They are sisters. Will they understand me? But I, I, I could feel something. I could feel that, that pull, that attraction, that no man. But I said, if I see them next time, I will have the guts to ask them. You know where I saw them the next time? In church. Then I didn't need to ask them. But to be honest, brother, I said, God, you, you understand my heart, what I'm feeling now. Those people must be believers. I don't know where they fellowship, but those, those three there, and that brother coming there, they have something to do with God. Those people. I, I can feel it. There was a magnet pulling. Until I almost wanted to go and speak to Sister Chetty. But I felt she might not understand. She don't know me. How will I introduce myself to her and tell her, I'm asking, are you a believer? Will she take it? It's at the moment, maybe she might think I'm one of those guys scouting for... You know, yeah, I'm dressed in my overalls and I'm dirty. Will she quickly believe I'm a brother? So I, I just resented to do it. I said, no, let me just stay off. But I met them in church. Brother, if it can be failed like that, you are carrying something and I can pick it when I'm just moving. Ordinarily, I don't even know you. I've never met you in my life. Oh. There is something fatal in that heart. That's the way it is with a lot of churches today. You can get a bunch of people, you can baby them, and this, that, and the other, and whatever you want to. But if they haven't, uh, but if they haven't been with Christ Jesus and born again, you just got a nest full of rotten eggs. I can't give examples, but I've seen plenty of examples of rotten eggs in church where the pastor is still brooding over rotten eggs. Having quotations for rotten eggs. That's all. That's right. It's time to clean out and get a hold of something. This is the something that will make a difference. Or somebody who's been in contact with the Lord Jesus. 
So it, in other words, if I've been with the Lord Jesus and I can be in contact with someone that has not been with him, they have to meet him through me. Something or someone that has been with Christ has got the potential to make somebody know about Christ. You are fertile and you can give life. The prophet says, do you know that as we are seated here, we are imparted the life of God and we are more than able to impart it as well. And as much as God can give eternal life, brother, you can go and say, I want to try if I can give this man eternal life. Speak to him. There's another man that says, hey, you know what? Me, I'm backslidden. I've been trying all what I've been trying. My business is going down. I try to pray. I fast. I do all these things. And God doesn't even answer my prayers. You know what I told him? I said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. He said, I know those scriptures. I've been preaching. I'm a preacher, brother. Don't waste your time quoting scriptures. I tried to narrate the story of Job. He said, no. You know what I want, brother? Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. I know scriptures. I can... Uh, narrate everything in the Bible to you from the head. I've been preaching, I know, but my things have not been going well even if I was preaching, telling everything. What I want now is God. I want to see him face to face. I said, you are in the right track. Job decided to do that one day and he met him. But would you mind if I can visit you and bring him to your house? He stopped for a while to question what I was saying. I said, why are you saying that? I said, I walk with him. I stay with him. I talk with him. Can I bring him to your house? Until now, it's a stalemate. He never wanted to invite me. But I'm serious on this one. As serious as you are, do you, would you want to invite me to your house and bring that very God that you want to talk to, to your house? Can I do it if you are willing? I can't force you, but he has not given me an answer up to now. Well, somebody who has been in contact with the Lord Jesus Christ and been born again, that being born again, I wanted to find the meaning. It's like it's not proper English. Pastor, what, what, how, how do you see it? Being born again. If I can say if he has been born again, I think it makes more sense. Eh? The way of men, if we think like men. Yeah. yeah. And somebody that's been born again. But the prophet said, bond again. It's a double process. You have been there before. You come here, you get into another process. So you are bond again. You have got the substance to be born again, so you are bond again. Because it's, it's been there in the past and it's happening now again. So you are bond again. I wanted to find the meaning. Why the prophet you kept on using that word? Was his grammar so poor to keep on using this word? This is an heavenly language. Because you can't say you are born again like as if you are just picked from here, then you are born again here. You have been there before, then you are messed up here, then you are made right, then you have been born again. I think he was right 100%. Eh? You will never be able to get them believing the supernatural because there is nothing in them to believe with. Now, that's not skim milk. Look, that's, that's right. A man must be born again by the Spirit of God. And then the Spirit of the Creator Himself comes into the individual and claims the relationship as sonship. You see it? That, then that person is an offspring of God. 
Now you are being an, after this process, you are an offspring of God. You come to church with a headache. You go out of a service like this with a headache. That's why I said you must just tell the devil, we are ending here with this chapter. Yeah, today, not tomorrow. I'm not like Pharaoh. I don't want it tomorrow, today. And God who spoke the world into existence and this man is an offspring of him. You can't tell me that your wallet is empty when somebody who spoke the whole world into existence is dwelling inside of you. <laughs> Such quotations, I used to read them when I preached a certain message somewhere. The mentality of heaven. You must just get that mentality until you die. Until the devil cannot find anything to do with you. Until they surrender in hell to say, if it's this one, let's leave him. Cannot do anything. This one. Scrape of heaven, this one. They will call you scrape on their side, but they say he's a scrape of heaven. Because everything he talks about is about God, God, God. Even if he's in problems, he's praising God. So leave him. We are wasting our time with them. Let's go to the beer house and keep those that are in the beer house not to repent. It's better than to waste our time with this belief. It's wasting our time. We are putting all our armor there. We are putting all our bullets there. You fire the bullets, he's praising God. Ah, leave him. Was somebody who created the world into existence. And this man, an offspring of him. He can believe anything. All things are possible unto him. That's why Brother Abnam said, take a brother at his. At his word. If I ask you, brother, brother, were you not at the mall on Friday evening? Must six so. But ah, brother, I was not there. I will take your word. You were not there. I don't have to quarrel with you. I'm expecting you to say the truth. If you decide to lie like the devil, so I don't have to engineer you to say the truth. Take a brother at his was a man that has got something that exists in him. He controls everything and he believes anything. You tell him anything, he will believe it. Which means these men don't have problems. All things are possible unto The problem, brother, is when the devil presents a situation to you, you don't show him you are a different person. He still thinks you are that old guy. Eh? So you must tell him, hey, Papa. Every time, brother, my first temptation was to tell my father that I cannot drink beer from today. I will never drink beer. I will never put beer in my mouth. I will never drink it. And I will never buy it for you. He was angry. I went to my brother who was drinking. I addressed him the same way. I was chased out of the house. Just for the beer's sake. Then they never spoke to the mother that the issue is about beer. Then I said, I'm going to make it even worse. Even when an empty bottle of, 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 of Bollinger's is lying on the ground and you pick it up, I can't even touch that sand where it was lying. That's how I hate alcohol. Now, brother, after so many years, 20-something years of saving the Lord, the devil keeps on trying. Some other guy, I'm fixing his guy. He said, ah, so brother, sorry, man, I forgot to throw this in the bin. I said, I don't touch those bottles, man. Don't touch those bottles. You will find a bin somewhere where you are going. Don't you have a bin in your house? You throw them in the bin when you get to your house. Every time. Can, can you hey, can you give Uspare Sam la Bottle? 
Tell your smile to come and pick the bottle. I can't give you a smile. I can't be a media to transfer your alcohol to your smile. Because I see what the devil is trying to prove, that you will touch that bottle. Because I said even the bottle that is empty, I won't touch. He tries every time, even after 20 years, he's still trying to make me touch that bottle. And you think when you touch that bottle, it's going to be a loose issue. He's going to get a ground to say, at least I've defeated him on, the, on his very same testimony that he gave first time when he became a believer. So I'm going to try something better. He brings, he, he recently brought to me another lady. <laughs> my perfume, my perfume, everything. She's doing makeup in front of me, I'm watching her. Then I said, are you going to church? No, yeah, I'm saving also. I'm also saving. Yeah, I'm a minister of the gospel. Yeah, that's why I'm asking you. She's busy with her makeup. Eh? In front of me like this, I'm, I'm supposed to fix her car. But now I'm worried now. She's, when I try to be busy, she's coming with her makeup close to me. Maybe she, I, I discovered after everything was done, you know what she said? When I will when I will we asked to know what she said. When I will add, we asked her to know so get on John Lenta Bangilopoli Lipton. I'm married already. Well, how can I finish an issue of marriage with you when my wife is cooking for me at home? Am I dumb up there? I'm married already. Because he knows I declared when I first came to the Lord. I had a girlfriend that I never even spoke to, but I said, um, enough is enough. She was writing letters to me. I took all the letters, I put them in fire. Stan. He still tries to say, but how, how, how about this one? How about this one? I've got one word. I've made the choice. I've decided to marry that one. <laughs> yeah. How many of you brothers that have seen those kind of girls that come and do makeup in front of you and you start comparing that one with your wife? You think they are going to cook for you because they are doing makeup in front of you? Brother, brother Tabu. You think there's any wife that is better than this one next to you? Never. That I can bet, my brother. That I can put my life for. As long as she's your wife and you married her, and you've been there and you've got children, brother, there's nothing out there that can be better than that. Don't let the devil fool you on any platform. And if you're smoking marijuana, you see, the devil won't bring anything to you. He'll bring exactly what was your weakness. You'll find people say, this one, brother, you never tasted this great. It's from Malawi, this one. <laughs> now you've never been to Malawi. You don't know the insango from Malawi. Now you, that's, they, he's trying to stimulate that taste if he's still there. If you are not in this position where you have been born again, he knows that that craving of sin is still there. It has to be uprooted when the Holy Ghost comes out. He takes, he kills and nullifies Uproots the, the seed of sin out of your heart. Then you can sit with people smoking their marijuana and talk about the gospel. You can sit with people drinking beer and tell them about Christ. Then tell you we're going to think about it. What you are saying, we, we, we are taking notice of it. They don't say, I've been tried many times. Hey, Muruti, yeah, we know you're a preacher, but drink, can you drink? He said, no, I don't drink it. Many times where I've done that, there's churches now. There's churches now where I, I, people saw me sitting around drunkards, then they thought nothing is happening. I can transfer eternal life whenever I wish and will. If God sends me to do that, I'll do it. Because I, he has already deposited the substance. It's God coming in you to carry out his work. 
You're only a career. He's making a co-worker. Carry him to where he wants to be. And sometimes he brings people. Brother, if you can't find time, like me, I can't find time to run around and try to preach to people. So I see if they come. The other ones, I give them spoken words. I even buy spoken words there because I know someone might come and when we fellowship and our fellowship gets to where I see it's almost driving this man to something, then I give him a book. I know he's going to read it, this one. He wants to find out. He's already on the finding out position. What is this that this man is talking about? Give him a spoken word. Give him something. That is only when something has been anchored into your soul. And every believer must not rest until they come to that position. Something that makes you a believer. Something that transfers power from God and gives it to you. Something that controls your emotions and something that drives your motives. Something that anchors you. Even when things are not right, you are still steady. You stand still to see the salvation of the Lord. You can't just do that when you are just sanctified. If my horse is strong, my horse comes. You will not stand, brother. The ones that know how to do it, they come and you are just sanctified and you don't have the Holy Ghost in you. You can't be like Joseph. You must take off the coat and leave it there. Something is telling you, brother, that coat is going to be evidence. He said, let it be evidence, but I'm clean. The devil was saying, go back and get your jacket. He said, but if I go back, she will grab me. Joseph had to run away. The Bible says, flee, flee. Who must flee? God or you? Flee. <laughs> fleeing does not say walking. You don't walk like a desk girl like you are fleeing. This is not fleeing. Brother, you, one foot up here, one foot back there. <laughs> you are fleeing, running away, putting every measure. Stay clean, page yourself. So that you set that difference. Maybe someone is watching me. Maybe someone is almost saying, if I want to go to church, I will go to Brother Mtau's church. Then he hears that Brother Mtau has stolen somebody's TV. <sighs> brother Mtau owes this brother and that brother and that other Michael one and that one, and he doesn't bring back that man. He don't even care. He don't even speak to them. And he's a believer. Now, this man is going to say, what if he borrows me? If I go to the church and he borrows me, will he give me my money back? This one. Huh? We must be that exemplary position where God says, I've entrusted the whole kingdom of heaven in this man. If I'm at his number and I'm looking at Arnold Fumo and Mafakaza, and they, they are names representing God. Exactly. Not when they speak. Not even when they speak for themselves. No. When their life speak for God. Amen. I'm sure you're not going to be like rotten eggs. Brother Brenham says, sometime back I was, I was raised in a family that was a family of drunkards and, you know, I was an ordinary man, I was all this. But one day something happened. When he made the pillar of fire, brother, and he was supposed to preach divine healing. All the big, great churches of his day are saying the days of miracles is past. Others are even saying there's no divine healing. And he is getting a gift of divine healing to usher it into the world. It was not going to take a William Branham from Charles and Ella Branham. 
It was going to take some other power from above. He met an angel to do that. Meet a child that has been run over by a car and say, this one is going to rise up today now. You are hunting and you are short of squirrels. You can't even see them anyway. That bush don't even, is not even a territory of squirrels. You speak them into existence. A storm is coming and it's disturbing your hunting trip. Hunting trip, brother. But a storm is coming and disturbing your finances. You don't care. A storm is coming and disturbing your children. You don't care. A storm is coming and disturbing your husband. You don't care. A storm is coming and ripping apart your family. You don't care. But someone cared for his hunting trip. Using the very same word, the very same Holy Ghost, he spoke to the storm, storm, go back to where you belong. Go back to where you are coming from. Every substance of the storm went back. Those that did weather focus, they were wondering that day, what happened to the storm? It almost wanted to come. It almost wanted to come, but vanished. Because another man is busy hunting. You tell me, Brother Chetty, that your problems are smaller than a hunting trip. That a storm can be stopped because the man wants to finish his hunting trip. And for your own good, Brother Chet, that man came for you. He was special because you were special. If we were not there, Brother Pnam would have never had a ministry. That is stout, but let me say it again. If we were not there, Brother Brenham was not going to have a ministry. That is why he said there will come a people that will believe this message. He was banking on us believing it. And that gave him power to express what God had given him in the ministry. How much more to the final destination? The package has been delivered now. It has found a heart that has believed. Yeah. What extent of damage must we find in the territory of the devil? It has rested. Now it has finally reached. If, I, if I've got a parcel I want to give to your son, brother, then I address it to him. Then I give it to you. Then you go home and say, Brother Borewe gave you this parcel, my son. Just open it. It's not open. Open it and see. Will he, when, is he going to be angry if it's something nice that he likes so much and I buy for him? Is he going to throw it and kick it away and say, ah, don't want this thing? Ah, he won't do that, brother. You will find him in tears, smiling. He will do everything, but in expression of joy. But what do we find in church? Drowsy faces, people in despair. Wondering if they are going to make it. And they still claim they have the Holy Ghost. No, brother. If you have the Holy Ghost, you must stand up. Show your side. Prove who you are. And God, every time he puts a tick. You know why we, we must be able to split, Pastor, between problems. Trials. And temptations. Maybe problems is like just a COVID pops up, the whole world is in problems. It's COVID. Nobody, nobody, nobody steered it up to say, I want Brother Mambeu to have COVID now, so I go and engineer it. Whoever that did, did it, but it affected everyone. It's just a problem that we are facing. We must put our masks, otherwise, you, you will die. But when it comes to trials, the Bible addresses trials. 
with an exception that is done by God himself to prove we, who we are as sons and daughters of God. For every child of God that cometh to you must first be tried. And God brought a prophet who preached to us time-tested memorials of God. If you go and check that message, there's people whose testimonies were sorted in that message. Time-tested. God had to make them pass through a certain patch of life that they could not even understand why it's happening and yet it was ordained of God. To be making it waste, brothers, others even died along the way for this gospel to be what it is. And you, you can't even feel a headache. Trouble. There's trouble in your home, boys, you have a headache. Send your son to go and buy painkillers. We're afraid of a headache. What if a real trial comes, brother? A real one. That you'll come to the end of your week, you can't even come with a solution. What am I going to do with this? It's facing you. You must deal with it. And God allows it. For the temptations, God says, pray that you may not enter into temptations. The reason many of you are tempted is because there is less prayer. You're not praying. So you can live without temptations. Because when it comes, you just see, open, this is a temptation. Can't be tempted with this. Because you are prayed up. You have already prepared for the temptation, so you pray. But trials, you cannot pray trials away from you. They will have to come because first, for you to come to God, you must be first be tried and be tested. But the troubles that just come, maybe there's a problem in Emalachin, there's no water and you can't find water in the house and you can't cook for the children. Those are just problems. Some problems come because we are in transgression, because we crisscross the word of God and then we have problems. We are creating them when we are supposed to even deal with them. Amen. The prophet in the message Easter seal, he says, Christ told the Pharisees that destroy this body and I will raise it up again in three. Then Brother Lan says he knew who he was. Why did he say that? Because the Holy Ghost had come. The power that raised Christ from the dead, if that power is in you, will also raise you up from the dead at the last day. You can also tell the devil, destroy this body in any way you want. I'll raise it up in three days. I'll raise it up in the last day. Yeah? The same power. Same Holy Ghost. Same gospel. If Brother Peter was coming to fellowship at Emalachin, will he comprehend the way you live, brother? If I say today you are going to walk with Brother Peter and Paul, they are going to be your companions today. As you go to the mall and you buy and pick and pay, you answer the teller uh, attendant and the answers you give to them when they give you wrong change. Things like that. And Brother Paul is just watching. He says, I know, Brother, we are just, we're going to help you to just carry the things to the car. We, we are escorting you. Maybe if I can say it in simpler terms, Brother Bram is going to be your companion today. Say, Brother Mafakas, I'm going to stay with you for the next few weeks. I'll be in your house. The way you speak to your wife and your children and... Let me say the way we, because we have a certain way of talking and sometimes we are negligent. Then you realize, hey, but I didn't answer my wife right. She was talking about something and I just ignored because I think I'm busy. You have to go back. What did Paul Rada do? Paul Rada, every time before he went to work, he would kiss his wife goodbye. 
Now they had a quarrel. They didn't agree. Those things happen. Eh? Those things happen. They sharpen us. Those quarrels. Don't worry about when you, you and your spouse are not seeing eye, eye for eye. It's not a problem. It will be sorted. She's there to perfect you. You are there to perfect her. So you must deal with those things with the right kind of wisdom. Poor Ada will do this. Kiss the wife. This time they had a quarrel last night. They woke up. They can't even take a bath together. He says, no, today I'm not taking a bath. You bath alone. Brushes his face. Put on his overalls. When he went out, he said, bye-bye, bye-bye. Just right by the door, by the gate, he says, what if I don't come back? Or what if I come back and something happens to her before I come back? Maybe she's got a stroke and I find her dead. And I'm in this state. He came back. Grabbed his wife, hugged her, kissed her. He says, this time, with some tears. The wife is, the tears are streaming. He himself, the tears are streaming. Kiss the wife, he said, goodbye, honey. Goodbye, like he did last time. He waved. At the door, he waved. She waved. Then they asked him, when he said, he talked about it, they said, what was the difference? He said, this time, the second time, there was a feeling in it. You know what I learned from there? Every time I do something for my wife, I must do something with a feeling in it. I must be passionate. Why am I doing it? What, what, what am I trying to achieve? If I say something, what am I driving to? Is it going to be positive? Is, is it good for her? Before I even say anything, before I even do anything, I must give myself that homework. Because what if I go to work and a car falls on me and I die there? And my wife is unhappy. The what if question is for every Christian. You can't just live anyhow. You have to say, what if? We have a message preached by the prophet, power of transformation. We are not that kind of people that conform to the world. We are transformed. You know what transformation is? I don't know if, 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 if the matriculants can help me. If they are in school, are you, are you doing geometrical transformation? When we did mathematics, we did geometrical transformation. Yeah? Sometimes you find a smaller triangle put in the corner, they give you certain values, then you must transform it. When you see it elevated on the other side, it's a bigger triangle. And same thing, but it's with bigger measurements. But you look at the two things, they are different now. But they say it's this same triangle. We've just given it some standard of transformation. It has changed. It's when the same thing has been taken and you manufacture a different thing altogether from the same substance. That's transformation. Until we cannot tell that Mafakasa has been this. When they compare the Mafakasa of yesterday and the Mafakasa of today, they will say, I think they crooked us. This man is not the one that we were with when we were drinking beer. It's not him. Are you sure? Are you serious? They will ask you looking in your face and they know you are the one. They look at your ID, you are the one. But they say, ah, but the way you are behaving. The one we know, you never used to get a big Bible like this. There are already certain things that have transformed you to put you in a certain position where that link you have with God can speak back to the people that used to be with you. Now some people can fit in. When they come back, they fit in where the, the, the drunkards are and they were drinking with these people. Nothing has changed. Even the conduct, let no filthy communication 
proceed from your mouth. When you go to unbelievers and they've been your friends, when they are talking this filthy language, you just look around if they are not brothers, you also throw one or two words. Because they are no brothers. What is that to do with brothers? It has more to do with you. And these people must see the light of God in you. And if ever they want to come to church, they should not have their choice, choice stretched until they can't find out how to make that choice. They must find it within close range. You say, I like the way Tabo lives. Some can even tell you, brother, I like the way you do things with your wife. So they, on that note alone, they are trying to find a secret. How do you, how do, you do it? Then you already have a chance to tell them, no, brother, it's not about me and my wife. It's about what me and my wife have acquired through Christ. Right. Ah, we know, you can't tell us it's Christ. I'm working with another company just close here. They give me jobs. They call me. I've got jobs that I'm still going to attend to them. Just in closing, I'm giving you this testimony. This man said, when I will add, let's talk like brothers. Ne? His name is Tabo also. I've got, I know a lot of Tabos. They are my friends. Right. He says, Willard, I'm struggling here. The workshop is empty. How can I give you a job when there's nothing like this? Escom is re- rejecting me. When I put my application, they reject them. I said, so where's your problem? Said, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I see every time your phone is busy. You, are, you have a phone this side. You are dropping that on. You say, hold on. Where are these customers coming from? I said, it's, it's coming from God. Ah, when I saw Khalid, you, you've got a goblin, when I, you've got a muti, when I, give me that muti from Zimbabwe. I said, no, I don't have a muti. I strictly work with God, nothing else. I believe in God, I trust in God, I wait on God, nothing else. So how do you do it? I said, I pray. You know what he did? He said, so come and pray for me. Brother, the man humbled himself in the, in the office, took out his head, put it on the table, bowed his head like this. You know what prayer I prayed? Simple prayer. I said, Lord, these people have given me the privilege to be in their company and pay me, and I've never had problems with them. I just write my invoices. I live in this office. They administer everything, and I receive my money in my e-wallet or whatever it is. I've never come here to complain for my payments and all those things. They are looking after me. They are not looking after themselves. So I am asking you, God, because you are the one who looks after me. But if these ones are joining you, give them something also that will make them sustainable. After a week, he found, he says, the, the, the garage is full. Three sides, ESCOM, they are giving him cars. <laughs> what if I had said, ah, you know, brother, we are just trying. We are just trying, brother. You know, we must speak to people. We must know how to do things. You know, I'm good at my job, brother. That's why you see people calling. I told him strictly, it's God, it's God. and nothing else. That's right. I bank on God. I trust in God. I believe in God. I wait on him. Amen. Is there something that you want? Believe in God. Amen. Is there something that is not right? Believe in God. There is a power of transformation. And that power is more than able to change your situation right now, not tomorrow, right now. Sarah and Abraham, they even called their son Isaac, which means laughter. Because Sarah said, God has made me to laugh. 
you know what she was laughing at. You think the first time she laughed at the news that she's going to have a child. When she had a child, the son, she laughed. And this time when she laughed, the second time God was not unhappy. He was happy with her. He never came to rebuke her. Why did you laugh? Now you have a son, you are laughing. He even called the son laughter. It was going to anger God. He said, now you laughed that time. Now you're calling your son laughter because you laughed at me. God never said that. He knew that Sarah is now saying, I'm laughing at my problems that have been ended. So my son is called laughter, Isaac. There will come a time, sister, there will come a time, brother, when you will laugh at your problems. When you begin to look for them and you can't find them. You scratch around and say, but I used to have a problem here, you can't find it. I told my wife, there will come a time when you'll be counting money and you, want, you are thinking about how to use this money. You can ask her if it happened. I said, you see, now I don't have money. I put my wallet, I'm preaching in the house. I said, you see, there's no... I like Sharon. She said, you are the pastor of this house. I said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, you must, be, you must be saying amen when I'm preaching. Pull out my wallet. See, there's no money here. But time will come. When I'll be coming from work, I throw money on the table. I said, count, how much is it? I go again, I come out, count how much you have there. Then I said, did you pay your tithe? Yeah, 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 we already paid the tithe. Because you don't have to mess up with God. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm touching somebody there. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> if the debts are this high, they pay the debts. Then they, they pull out that one for the install, installment for the car. They pull out something for the house. Now the brother is saying, but how much will I give God now? Eh? How much will I give him? It's not how much you know it. You know how much you must give him. Give him. If you remain with nothing, then you keep on asking from him. Tell him it's in balance, Lord. If I pay for my house and I pay for my car and I pay for my cell phone and I pay for my tablet, I pay whatever you have and you like it. Tell him, bring that budget to him. You think God is going to say, I won't pay for it because you like too much. He says, ask abundantly. If I've got a tablet and I've got an iPhone and I've got a Samsung and I've got what, what, and I want it and I need it and I'm using it, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with the other one? My son is using it to play games. What's wrong with that? I feel it's good. I want it. But if I can't pay for it now, it's a problem. And if God can't pay for it, it's even a much bigger problem. The reason why he can't pay for it was you don't give him what belongs to him. Hey, I'm stepping on somebody's cones. Let me stop here, Pastor. There's a song that Sister Skosana sang. That song makes me cry every time when they sing it. And I, I, I just happened with a little bit of my weak Zulu. I know the meaning of that song. And I think it means a lot to every believer. If you are not with him, things are not going to be all right. You can't make it when he's not there. Am I right? Is that the song you're singing? Yeah, I was reading my Bible. I closed everything. I said, now enough is enough. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm done with this song. It's fine. Every other song that was sang was right. But that one, I wanted to even say, sister, come and sing that one again. Brother Mtao, can you sing it? You always sing that song. Eh? You know it. Can we close with that one? We don't want God to leave us. He's going to be with us. Don't take care of anything. Give up. They've always been saying, Pastor, you must not give up. 
Me, I'm encouraging you to give up. Not give up like you are throwing everything down. Give up and give up to him. Up is up. Up is not down. Up is up. Give up. Yes, give up to God. Whatever situation it is. Brothers, we don't have time to mention what I'm talking about here. We don't have time to mention what I'm talking about. You can come to a point where you can't even go and borrow money from a brother because it's too much. No brother will understand. How did you come this far, brother, to be owing such a lot of money? No, brother, things were just happening. And I'm working and people are running away from me. So how can you explain that? You work and before they pay you, they run away. You agree with a figure for, for a car to be fixed and then they say, ah, oh, that one is fair, I, I can pay that. When the car is done, they come and t- trick you and they go away and then switch off their phones and your rent needs to be paid. First month, second month, third month, you are owing the rent. Who can pay rent for you if it's not God? Who can pay rent for you? Should I be coming to the pastor and say, again, this month I want rent, pastor, to help me. I will see you next time when I get money. Make plan, you are my pastor, man, make plan. I can't do that. Can't do that. I told the pastor I can't do that. I first have to pray. If I pray and God inspires my father to say, pray rent for Borerwe. Yeah. Yeah. God is here. He must speak here. He's not very far. I saw another brother give another brother a suit. Eh? All of a sudden, the brother is almost like everyone. He went to shopping in church. After service, he bought three suits already. Two or three, I don't know. How can that happen, brother? Unless God speaks to that brother. He can give to his young brother at home or to his other McKellan or someone. Why, why bring it to church? God has put it upon his heart to do it that way. Yes, That's how things must happen. The Holy Ghost must speak. When things are not right, the Holy Ghost must speak. When things are right, the Holy Ghost must still speak. Can you sing that song for us, brother? We don't want rotten eggs. We want fertile eggs. That when the pastor brings a sermon, the next thing he must fill his office are testimonies. Because testimonies propel a ministry, testimonies encourage another, testimonies they bring forth another testimony. In the hearing of your testimony, another brother is in the same predicament. You say, ah, if God did it this way, then I'm already done. Without a preaching. Can you sing for us, brother? God bless you. As the pastor comes to the phone. Oh, 
Amen. 
many agree with the song? Amen. 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 When I'm on your, my own or alone, I use Wednesday. But when God is on my side and I walk with him, all becomes easier. How many were blessed? Amen. I think what had to be spoken had been spoken. Uh, let me not add. Shall we bow our heads? Gracious Heavenly Father, we came here this morning with expectations. And Lord, we wanted you not to speak to the trees, but to speak to us as individuals. And we have heard you speaking that there's got to be a difference between us and the world. Irrespective of where we are, what we go through, there's got to be a difference. Because somebody somewhere is watching. Dear God, we consider it to be such a grand privilege to be called your children. The reason we deem it to be a privilege is because we've got nothing of our own that we could have presented to you, that we could have deemed it that on the basis of this you chose us. We come from broken backgrounds. We come from undesirable backgrounds. There are many things in our families that we cannot mention. But by grace, you picked us and chose us, dear God. And Lord, for you to speak in the manner that you spoke this morning, I'm glad my brother was at liberty to speak his conviction. I like it when a man stands behind the pulpit and speaks his own conviction, because it is in his conviction, inspired by the Holy Ghost, that your, ch your church can be helped. We pray for this assembly. We pray for families in this assembly. May you be with them as the week begins. Dear God, those that are looking for jobs, the economy is bad, but the heavenly economy is not bad. There is a difference between a worldly economy and the heavenly economy. May you open the heavenly economy. May you grant them their hearts and desires. There are mothers in the building. They've got a heart, this request in their hearts. May you meet them at their point of need. Dear God, I like it how Brother Brenham says, a woman on her knees can do so much that even a minister cannot do behind the pulpit. Dear God, we pray for our sisters. We pray for the mothers in the building. We pray for their children, dear God. The devil has gone, he's fighting and there are no exceptions in this world. That is why we all depend on your grace. Even those that have backslidden, we send a prayer their way. Dear God, the Holy Spirit is your agent. He can go after them and find them wherever they are and convict them, dear God. As a matter of fact, I believe there is never a time that is too late. As long as there is still a breath in the body, it means there is still an opportunity to be reconciled with God. We are praying right now and sending prayer their way. As we'll be living here, going to our houses, may the traveling mercy and the angel of the covenant go before us. Bless Brother Borero. Restore the virtue that he has lost. 
Dear God, if the devil becomes an after speaker to him, you become even a better after speaker and say what had to be spoken has been spoken. And may you help your church, dear God, as we commit everything to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly. Normally when a minister comes, we don't give him script. They preach from their hearts. I always say, we do things in such a manner. Uh, I can imagine if uh, maybe we, we were hand, mishandling issues of marriage and divorce. Uh, people like Brother Brother would not feel comfortable to preach because there will be a lot of issues. Amen. I was uh, fellowshipping with somebody. I say, uh, uh, the ministry is always tested on marriage and divorce. Uh, because once the devil can make the pulpit to have to lose the authority to pronounce on marriage and divorce, that church is gone. Do you believe that? Amen. Uh, but we appreciate the Lord if ministers are able to come behind this pulpit and they preach what is not what the pastor wants to hear. What is in their heart? That's what we appreciate. Have a blessed week. God bless you richly. Uh, give us a song, and then we will see you next week, Sunday. Uh, the stadiums, they are fighting for, for people to allow supporters to come and support their kids, the Chiefs, and Sundowns. And with Nazi City, the doors are open for spiritual business. Amen. Amen. Um, in no time I will announce because certain things you do them prayerfully but we will restore the midweek services because they are very important and I will announce in due course but keep on praying God bless you richly have a blessed week we love you and appreciate you God bless you the sister Madonzela the Madonzelas I'm happy to see you amen we appreciate it a lot so everybody is welcome to come to church we will make a plan I saw a president was dancing without a mask in Ghana. Boris in UK was dancing without a... He actually even had a party. So we can have fellowship. Amen. God bless you till we see you. Amen. Give us a song.
Yeah.